Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great Four Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out fourrideradio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. Uh, Mike, that's Tom, and with us as always is friend of the show, David Dargartz. Yay. Uh, so we're going to try to get some people on the phone for you guys today. We're going to interview a couple people that were at some World Series games. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about the World Series ourselves. Uh, as it stands right now, the Cleveland Indians are leading the Chicago Cubs three games to two. And uh, the teams will be back in action tomorrow night where Cleveland will look to close out at home in game six or seven on Wednesday. What do you guys think so far? Surprising or uh, kind of what you expected out of this series? Um, I'm a little surprised that uh, <clears throat> that the uh, Cubs have had such trouble getting the bats going in a couple of these games. And, I mean, I, I know Cleveland's got good pitching, but the Cubs have been a an offensive power all season long, and I, I really was not expecting another shutout this is kind of the same thing that happened to them last year their bats went quiet in the playoffs last year against the Mets and that's why they got swept in the NLCS last year and you know they had those two shutouts against the Dodgers this postseason too and the one game where they only scored a run against the Giants so it's it's been a little bit streaky for them in the playoffs here this year um obviously I'm hoping they can get it back together over the next two games and pull out the pull out the series in seven on the road but um, I wasn't surprised to see their bats go quiet against this pitching, uh, especially when Andrew Miller's gotten into the game. He's just been electric all season, and he's he stepped it up to to a new level in the playoffs. I'm a little surprised that uh, they've been able to that the uh, Indians have been able to get on Lester and Lackey like that. Right. Um, yeah. As far as, as far as Lester in that first game, that yeah, that was very surprising. He looked he looked back to form last night. Well, um, I mean, they have they have pitched, you know, five plus innings for for most of the of the games, but I think that's just they the 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 Cubs have confidence that they can pull it together after a bad inning or two, and I mean, I guess they just haven't for whatever reason. Right. Well, Bryant hitting the home run last night should help the cause. Um, you know, hopefully that'll get him on track. To this point, he had been uh, he had been only one for fifteen. Um, what, you know, he was so hot throughout the start of the playoffs and just went ice cold here in the World Series. But with that home run last night, it jump-started the offense there in the fourth, which, you know, is the only inning they scored in. So hopefully that'll get him going and, um, you know, hopefully inspire some of the other bats to get it to get it moving too. Yeah, and, um, uh, and they're going to need it because ideally you're going to want to score more than three runs on the Indians. Right. Um, so the, the game before that, Jason Kipnis uh, with that – with that home run that scored him, Coco Crisp, and Rajay Davis, uh, the first three-run home run to be hit at Wrigley Field since uh, the Babe called his shot. In 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 uh, in all playoffs or just the World in, Series? In the World Series, yeah, in the World Series. First one since the Babe called his shot. It was an impressive home run. Um, you know, obviously I hated it, but the the Indians played a played a very good offensive game uh, back there in Game Four. I, I was impressed with what they were doing, um, getting the bats going and on the bases, and then obviously holding the holding the Cubs to two runs. Um, one of you know one of which didn't come until the game was pretty much decided. Um, they they've just been they've been out hitting the Cubs, out running the Cubs, out pitching Cubs, and it, that's that's how we've gotten to where we're at. And you know uh, after that uh, that game four, the the Indians had as many World Series game victories at Wrigley Field as the Cubs did. Yeah, I've seen. Well, you know, 
these stats are all floating around for all that and everything. And, you know, you got, you got to take into account the fact that the Cubs haven't been there since 1945 and all that. But yeah, th- these stats are always out there rolling around. It, it is entertaining to, to see some of these things. But, it was pretty funny. Um, you know, what was it? Dexter Fowler's home run was the, the first Cubs home run since Truman world series home run since Truman was president or something like yeah. that. It's, it, it is entertaining to see the, the time gap on some of these stats. Well, uh, it's, I mean, I, they're back to being good again, and all of Chicago loves that for some reason. Oh, even, not the Southsiders. Even a lot of the, uh, of the Sox fans that I, I've seen. I've got I've got a lot of hatred from them. Actually, David and I were out getting sandwiches the other day, and some guy, <laughs> I he kind of ticked me off. So the guy starts giving me crap about my hat. I'm a sports fan. I wear my team with pride, uh, win or lose. And the hat that I was wearing was one that I bought more recently than a lot of the other ones. And the guys were, oh, hat looks awfully new. You just become a Cubs fan this year? Well, no, I've been a Cubs fan for more than 20 years. They're, the Sox fans, as he you know, he wound up saying that he is, uh, they they always play the little brother, even when they're good. They've they've won a World Series more recently than the Cubs, but they still play like the little brother. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by that guy <laughs> at the restaurant. I mean, it, it it is because in in the media they kind of are. Even when the Cubs are bad, you're there. Everyone talks about the Cubs. It's and it's because they were historically bad. Yeah, well, and I mean their fan base is a little bit more national. <laughs> than than the White Sox fan bases. I've been to three uh, games down there at, um, gosh, I don't even know what you want to call it. We're just going to call it Comiskey. Yeah, we're going to call it Comiskey, guys. And the reason for that is they keep changing the name of that from one terrible, terrible uh, company name to another terrible company name. Uh, And we're just going to refer to it as Comiskey down there where the White Sox play. And uh, I've been down there for a few games, and their fans are something else. They're 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 way different than Cubs fans. They're they're different people. It's it's kind of it's a little interesting to, well, had, to see them. It's kind of wild down there in ways that you don't always expect, in ways that just aren't really always fun. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I don't want to dis- with the guy at the one game. I yeah, I don't want to disparage him too much because I've had I've run into a lot of really good fans down there too uh, when I've gone to White Sox games, but. Uh, you, there is a definite, there's a different attitude about them all. Um, yeah, we had, we went to a game once where Michael was, you know, he wore a, some, he wore a Cubs hat or something like that. Well, we done the doubleheader. Yeah, we done a Windy City doubleheader. So where we went to a uh, early Cubs game and then we went to a later White Sox game and. Just the amount of, you know, the amount of crap that we got into just because Michael's wearing one hat. You have pretty much every fan that sees that hat saying something to him, as though they have nothing to be proud of. You know, they've got that recent World Series. Well, they ESPN don't need... did forget about that World Series. Uh, ESPN and did, but, you know, they no, were... no, nobody else did, and they did, there's no reason to come out like that. They were playing well at that time, too. They, they were. Best they were. Baseball. Yeah. Well, they, then they, maybe they were feeling cocky. Maybe they felt like this was their one time where they can talk down to somebody and they're going to use that yeah so you talk down to the second best team in baseball yeah right yeah yeah it was it's it was interesting there was a guy wearing a chris sale jersey and michael oh i had uh, my arietta shirt had his arietta shirt on and so um this guy just pretty much out of nowhere we're walking out of the game which was a uh, white Sox win of course they were playing the twins uh so you know four of us could have beaten the twins yeah i mean it was the twins and this guy just completely unprovoked provoked other than he saw michael's shirt uh just 
started to, to he decided they were going to have an argument about Chris Sale and Jake Arrieta and you know I really want to I really want to run into that guy again Espe- <laughs> well, just because I want to ask him like all right so then what you know yeah. like you're talking like this was before all the weird stuff happened with Chris Sale last season you know uh taking a go you know r- running through the clubhouse with a machete chopping up jerseys and so- <laughs> I like that mental image more but I think he used scissors I don't th- <laughs> but I think scissors machete whatever it was right. like I can still see like I just it, there was a lot of weird stuff and then he had some weird pitching issues too there's all that weird stuff going on with chris with chris sale so it's just funny that we had that run in with that guy and he just seemed so he was just he was indignant in a lot of ways and he was arrogant in a lot of ways that i just didn't get because michael didn't really do anything other than wear a shirt yeah i you know when (laughs) i I, (laughs) when i go to these games as the opposing fan and I, i do wind up as the opposing fan a lot um I don't. I don't like to talk smack. I'm good. I'm down for a good-natured ribbing. Yeah, you know that doesn't bother me at all. But personally, I thought it was pretty stupid to wear that the club stuff. You know, my, like I would not have done that. But hey, well, but, but whatever. I wasn't bringing a change of clothes. No. But and I here's the thing though. I mean, you know, I was not the only one there. There were there were at least three, four dozen people wearing yeah. club stuff in that stadium. And actually, I had run into a couple who had done the same thing we did. They were at the Wrigley game in the morning, right? And they had come down to Comiskey for the for the evening game. It's a really fun thing to do. Um, if you guys ever get a chance to do it, I highly recommend it. It only happens maybe two three times a year. Yeah, we did a we've done a double header in Chicago uh, twice. I think it was two years in a row we yep. were able to do it. One of them was because it was a makeup game. So you know, like we said, it's kind of a rare thing. You have to wait for some special circumstances. But it's a pretty cool thing to do if you feel like spending all day in Chicago and. Which you know, everyone should want to spend all day in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's got a lot of fun stuff to do. And for us, it's only about, well, Google Maps says it's four and a half to yeah. five hours away. It's really three and a half hours away, um, if you know how to work it. Yeah. We're <laughs> not advocating going over the regulated speed. But Google is lying to you. Most definitely. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a very strange thing. Um, you you will see a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, Cubs fans down at Comiskey, but very rarely do you see a White Sox fan up at Wrigley uh, watching a game there. Yeah, we unless didn't encounter very many. Unless it's the White Sox playing there. But another reason I thought it was weird that people are giving you so much crap and like they they actually really did want to get into a real fight. This wasn't good natured from some of these people. No, from not a, at all. From maybe a couple people it was, but you know from this one guy and, and a couple of people it wasn't very very good natured at all and i and what was confusing to me was um you know them not realizing that we're in your stadium we paid money to get in we're patronizing your team you know we're we're buying food from your vendors uh i buy a baseball every time i go to a new park um i have a collection of of baseballs that i'll buy every park that i go to i'll buy your white sock stuff michael will buy white sock stuff too i've I've, every stadium (laughs) i've ever been to i bring something home for each one of my kids i have three children i'm spending a lot of money at these ballparks yeah we're buying your food and your drinks and your tickets and it's like so we wore a different hat yeah like we still paid your team to come we still want to see the white Sox. yeah we, not, we still like to go to another we like to spread it around and go to different stadiums it, it's not like we went there dressed up in the opposing team's garb you know cheering against the white Sox. yeah we were we were i was wearing a neutral team at that point right they're playing the twins so. yeah. well we have digressed quite a bit whatever um and i do believe it's time we're gonna go ahead and try to get one of our guests on the phone so 
All right. We have got on the line with us Mike Schroyer, uh, owner of Sean's Irish Tavern here in Toledo. Mike was lucky enough to be at the Cubs game on uh, Saturday night. Mike, what was that atmosphere like? Well, you say lucky. I wish it would have been a better outcome. But, uh, yeah, I got to be at the uh, stadium for the game. Um, before the game, it was just a huge street party. Uh, a lot of house parties going on since right there in the neighborhood. Uh, the bars were all pretty full. Um, we couldn't uh, actually get into a bar beforehand. And then once in the stadium, um, actor Jeff Garland did a little pump up, tell people to get loud and um, say in the first inning, it was real loud. Um, and then after that, uh, it quieted down besides a few Kluber ears uh, just to get him off kilter a bit. Uh, um, as the game went on, it got quieter and quieter. Right. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine it got quieter and quieter at my house, so. Uh, yeah, not not the greatest game for you to be at being a Cubs fan, but um, they're still still seeing that atmosphere, um, and uh, just I've never seen anything like it. It was it was pretty amazing. The uh, the Chicago police did an awesome job of handling the crowd and keeping it safe. Uh, it was, but I've never seen anything like that where they shut down the street so far away from the stadium to accommodate the people. It, it seemed like it was just one one big citywide block party from what they were showing on the aerial coverage. So it seems like <laughs> seems like it uh, sure. went on for quite some time too. Uh, a friend of mine had mentioned on her on her Facebook page that people were getting DUIs at two in the afternoon. <laughs> so. Yeah. So uh, b- before the game, leading into it, obviously we all know how the game went. Now, um, were were the Cubs fans in there nervous, or were they were they confident? Uh, I I feel like it was typical Cubby fan optimism. Uh, you know, I mean, I think most Cubs fans know we uh, we have a uh, a good team, but uh, the everyone knows in the back of their mind how fast and go, but no one was really showing that nervousness. Um, it it was. Uh, it, it was just a uh, optimistic. Everyone was just happy to be with everyone else. Yeah. And uh, before the game, it uh, yeah, it definitely seemed like you know, win or lose. Uh, th- I mean, even throughout the game on, on the coverage, you could see people were still having a good time. So uh, you know, yeah. even even with the outcome, it looked like you you couldn't break the spirit. But that's that's kind of the Cub fan way, as you know, as you and I know. Um, yeah. So uh, now you you stayed overnight in Chicago after the game. Yeah, what was the what was it like post game down there? Were people still still out drinking and celebrating, or uh, was it a little more subdued because of the loss? Uh, it was it was a it was a bit quieter after the game. Uh, it was very busy um, after we got inside the stadium. I feel like more people must have showed up to the area around because once the stadium poured out in the streets, it uh, it was. Uh, quiet. Everyone was just kind of getting to wherever they were going. Um, I ended up walking probably about 10 blocks to get away uh, just because the amount of people trying to get on the public transit. Um, the, uh, the, there was not a lot of cheering, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of negativity. Was, nobody was uh, you know, at talking what was going on. It was, it's not over. You know, I think uh, uh, the guy sitting next to me said right after the game, they over till it's right. No, I agree. Yogi Berra. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, they, they won last night. Obviously we got two more in Cleveland. So, you know, the Cubs could still pull it out, especially getting Kyle Schwarber back in the lineup. 
Uh, uh, that's a big help is having uh, Kyle Schwarber, since he's now on the play in the field, using him as a DH. Um, and uh, I, I feel confident with the uh, pitching staff that's starting the next two games. Uh, yeah, I do too. Big big fan of the fact that we got Arietta and, and uh, Hendricks coming back for these last two games. Hopefully that'll... That'll keep the Indians hitters in check a little bit better than uh, Lester and Lackey were able to. Not that Lester performed poorly last night, but you know, once he once men get on against him, it's you know nothing but the jitters out of him for the rest of the game. Yeah, the Indians definitely have scouted that uh, you can run aggressively on Lester. I mean, I think everybody that that's a well known fact about Lester nowadays that you can run all over him. Yeah, though um, David Ross has been impressive. Stuff. Rossi picking off runners on the back pick and, and catching guys stealing has been very impressive and helped Lester out quite a bit. For sure, for sure. I know, you're, you're just as big a fan of his as I am. so that's, uh, I do like the old man. Nice watching him back there. Hopefully we can send him out a winner. But Yeah. So, uh, what what was your favorite part of the entire experience, you know, from, from, from pregame all the way until you left the city? What was your favorite thing? Uh, I, I have to say the pregame. Um, it, it, just being around all those people, um, we couldn't get into a bar or a restaurant anywhere near the stadium. But since it was just since there were no cars, everyone was just walking around the streets. Um, I bet uh, for two hours, leaned on a on a barricade and watched folks coming and going from the area. Um, <clears throat> there was. House parties galore. Um, since you're right in the neighborhood, it was, everyone just kind of turned their house into a tailgate party. Um, everyone seemed friendly. A lot of go Cubs. A lot of you know, let's fly the W. Um, and just everyone was in a good mood. With it also being Halloween, you had a mix of Cubs fans and a mix of uh, Halloween people, and then people that had both um, got to get some pictures of a group of guys that came back as zombie Cubs players. And uh, they painted their white dog like a goat. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. That's Um, great. But, yeah, the pregame was definitely the uh, just just the the, the big party. It felt like a tailgate. And, uh, you know, in all the sporting events, most baseball fields don't have a whole bunch of tailgating presence. No, I've never seen it. That's for sure. The only place I've ever seen is Atlanta, Georgia. When I went to Turner Field, they they tailgate there, but nothing like what was going on in Chicago. Yeah, I've been to ten different ballparks. I've never seen a tailgate at a baseball game. Yeah. So I can't. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, sorry that you had to go through the Cubs loss with all that, but you know I'm still still very envious of your uh, of your night spent at the World Series game. Now, uh, yeah. who who did the stretch while you were there? Uh, it was Vince Vaughn. Okay. Vince Vaughn yelled out. He did the seventh inning stretch. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, they, they had uh, um, little messages from time to time of different different uh, you know, famous celebrities, uh, you know, saying a little something about Cubs and that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was it was very cool to be in the friendly confines, and, you know, that's exactly what it is, friendly it, confines. Yes, what, it is. It, what a, everyone from the first known peanut to beers to the gift shop, people just, everyone, everyone was in a good mood. Everyone was uh, embracing the uh, fact that it's October and Wrigley Field is playing a hosting baseball game. That's a rare sight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not in the future. No, I, th- I think we got a couple more good years coming with this young core. So fingers crossed that we get to do this a lot more often. 
sure. So, all right, Mike, thanks a lot. Uh, listeners, as I said, he's the owner of Sean's Irish Tavern. So stop on in there for a beer and a bite to eat and catch all the sports action. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Yep. All right. So good perspective from a guy who was actually at one of the games. Um, you know, as we said, him, him being a Cubs fan didn't necessarily go the way he would have liked it to have gone or I would have liked it to have gone. But yeah, we spoke to him uh, before uh, he went to the game the day before he went to the game. We, we were out to meet with him and he was pumped to go out there. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I know that he'll he'll still think of it as a happy memory, even with the loss. And you know, if there's if there's an impending World Series loss, he'll still probably think of that as a happy memory. He's, right. He seemed really excited to go out there, and he he still sounds like he was really excited to be out there. And you know, I've never been in that atmosphere before. Um, I've never been really been around any any stadium atmosphere uh, during a final series. I was up at Verizon Center in Washington D.C. once during the playoffs against uh, it was against the Rangers, and that then that was an interesting atmosphere. But that's nothing uh, compared to this, you know, compared to the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, they've been waiting a long time to to have this kind of atmosphere again. I'm sure it. it you know, back when they last made it, what was it, uh, 45? I'm sure it wasn't, you know, nearly as big a deal back then because yeah. they, they were still kind of doing well. Right. You know? Well, I mean, the the drought hadn't hadn't been that long. They've yeah. lost some series since then, too. So, you know, it, it wasn't the drought of not having been there. Yeah, right. they hadn't won it in almost 30 years. They were at least, that was a little different. Yeah, they were at least competitive. I mean, since then, entire generations of people have come and gone um, without there being a... President Ronald Reagan lived and died <laughs> between Cubs World Series yeah. victories, you yeah. know, and... Obviously, you know, assuming they win, come back and win this year, it will be between victories. They could go the rest of eternity. President, no, yeah. When was the last win? Oh eight. So, so President Kennedy, I think, was even born. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His was a little different though, because oh yeah, well, but um, Reagan just jumped to my mind because I, I just watched that Killing Reagan. Um, so that's why he was the one that popped into my head. But yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of time has passed between then yeah. and now, and uh, but you know that's that's what that's why it's great to still. Mike talked about the uh, Mike on the phone talked about the optimism um, that they had being there, and you know he's still he's he's still still sounds like you know it still sounds like in his voice there's a little bit of that optimism still obviously you had last night's win uh which is gonna kind of propel that a little yeah it's it's been really hard to balance the emotions it really has well um it's it's not that low a number of, of teams that have have come back from a three to one. It's fourteen percent of the teams that have faced a three to one in the World Series have come back to win it. Yeah, so that's not impossible. So that's not an insignificant number. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not impossible. I know it's interesting. You know, again, we we want to remind people that we're based in Toledo, Ohio, so we're surrounded by Tigers and Indians fans all the time. Um, it doesn't get too uh, it doesn't get too big here when the Indians are in it. Um, not as big as when the Tigers are in it. You know, we've had two recent Tigers World Series uh, as well. Um, of course, they lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Giants in those uh, in Detroit. And it, it gets it gets pretty big here for that. But, um, you know, we see a lot of Indians fans on a day-to-day basis in Toledo, Ohio. But uh, And I know that the bars do kind of fill up a little bit. Uh, but it really it's just like it's a busy you know busy Thursday or busy Friday when you go out to one of these bars on a game night well I, I tell you what uh, 
I went to Cedar Point yesterday. It was uh, it was the last day they're open for the season, and there were so many people sporting uh, Indians gear because it's it's placed right between Toledo and Cleveland. Yeah, it's in Sandusky, so it's about it's yeah about halfway, a little closer to Toledo. But yeah, um, you know we've been see we've been seeing a lot of Indian stuff. I know I've been noticing a lot more uh, Indians hats yeah. worn on people than usual. Um, but and it's I an mean, exciting thing for them too. They've got the they've got the Cavaliers victory, and they've got this, and then they got the impending Browns Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> you know, if we could, if the Minnesota North Stars want to come back to Cleveland and play <laughs> and play hockey, not, not this year. We'll get well, into they, that a little bit later, but not this year. Well, yeah. they did have their depends uh, on which North Stars. The Wild are doing all right. <laughs> yeah. They they did have their uh, their minor league team won. Yeah, their minor league hockey team did win that championship. So Cleveland, like we've said before, Cleveland's pretty high on on everything right now. Yeah. We'll uh, the, the Browns will get there. Not this year. Um, they're yeah, they're zero and seven after yesterday's zero and eight. Zero uh, and, and eight. Sorry, eight after yesterday's thirty one to twenty eight loss. Um, they led again twenty to seven at the half. They, they led twenty to seven, and yeah, the the Jets. What at one point it. How many points in a row did they reel off before um, Cleveland was able to think, score that late touchdown? I think they had uh, gotten it up to twenty-eight. It's funny because it's 24, a uh, no twenty-four, I believe. It's a it's a game that Michael and I um, we picked the Browns and we didn't really think that we were make it that it was that risky of a pick. And you know, losing by three, it really wasn't that no. risky of a pick. It was on as bad know. as the Jets had been. It wasn't. Yeah, the spread was what two points, give or take. I think it was two points favoring the Jets. We do not advocate sports betting. Yeah, well, you know, we just give out the spread as an, <laughs> just as a sense of what we expect right, a right. team yeah. a team to do. But so, uh, it's a bit of an indicator for you know how the scores are going to play out. And and with the you know and the, and then what they beat it by that one point. So that was a pretty close game. I don't feel too bad guessing it wrong, uh, except in the grand scheme when uh, I guess them all wrong. Right. Well, yeah, but, I think you and I uh, each got like two or three right. So it was yeah, a bad day not, for me. Not great. But well, it wasn't great for me either. So started yeah. great though. Everything looked like it was yeah. like I, I, every every game was playing out like I was a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone flipped the table. I tell you what, I was off by three points, wasn't I? On um, that uh, on that England game. Were you? Yeah, I picked uh, twenty-seven to twenty-four in overtime. Oh yeah, actually, uh, and da- I believe David had also picked, but picked it the other way. Yes. Um. So combining your your guys's picks, yes, you, you did it. Congratulations. We were, yep. we were right. Um, yep. So we're we're gonna talk <laughs> about we're gonna talk about the Eng- England game last because David and I have a big issue with that that we uh, want to talk about. We've got thoughts. We'll 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 hop into the rest of the scores. Uh. New England beat Buffalo forty-one to twenty-five. Oh well, we yeah. saw that coming. Tom Brady four touchdowns. Uh, Gronkowski one hundred and nine yards and a touchdown. Not a lot to write home about if Just, you're Buffalo. Um, yeah. No McCoy, so they're going to struggle. We already knew. Um, and then the Pats will be Pats. Right. I mean, that's just that's just yeah. what's going to happen. Like, they, they kind of drummed this one up a little bit because, uh, you know, you've got the Bills taking that game earlier in the season. And, oh, are they going to be able to do that again at home? And I'm thinking, like, not a chance. Not this a one, chance. This one got so bad that the Bills pulled Taylor to put in uh, EJ Manuel. I don't know if that was for his safety, for performance, or what, but... Uh, they went ahead and moved on to Manuel. I expect Taylor to come back and start next week. Right. Uh, I don't think this is a long-term yeah, Taylor uh, will be back. type thing. I don't, so. and yeah, Taylor will be back. I think the Bills and, and, and their fans, they have really 
just got to want Tom Brady to retire right now and just go away forever, and then they can finally maybe win the division. Yeah, because the Bills, the Cause Bills they're, are they're on the upswing. They're a decent team, and they're okay. They, they can't break through because nope. the Patriots are always there, always right on top. Yeah, they just they just can't wait. But I, yeah, I'm not shocked at all about Patriots doing that in Buffalo. It's just the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah they're gonna continue to do it as long as Brady's there. And from yeah. the looks of it, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Still just as sharp as ever. Yeah, but yeah, the, you know that game was played out pretty much how we expected. So, but uh, over in Indy, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Colts 30 to 14. Um, Nick Foles had to come in for Alex Smith. Uh, Smith went down early in the game and had to come out. They tested him for concussion, came back negative, so he came back onto the field, got hit again, and had to leave again. This they, time it was a concussion. They sent him on a quarterback keeper after he had come back in from having concussion-like symptoms. Right. Yeah, this is another team bungling that. Uh, like, yeah, okay, you went and you did the concussion protocol and you ruled that he didn't have concussion, but he still took a shot and you want to put them back, he put him back out there. We've and, got so many teams doing this to quarterbacks still. Yeah. And the, the second time he, he, he did it, he didn't get hit by anyone. He slid and as he slid, he kind of slipped and hit his head on the turf. Yeah. So it was not, you know, it wasn't a dirty hit. It wasn't, right. it wasn't a, a bad play. He, he slipped. Yeah, no, it's it's unreal. A, yeah, it, it is unreal. It's astonishing that these teams are are still doing this. They're so blatantly just disregarding, and you know the NFL pretending that they care. <laughs> right. They haven't said anything about this. I don't think we've said more already than they have. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a statement. Uh, you know, a joint statement between the Chiefs and the league coming out sometime this week. When when enough pressure, yeah. when right. enough media pressure hits them, there will be that joint statement. Right. So while while he was on the field, Smith completed nine of nineteen passes for 120. 27 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was relieved by Nick Foles, uh, who completed 16 of 22 for 223 and two touchdowns. Um, Good numbers. The Colts, I still can't figure out what to make of this team. Some weeks, I think they finally got it on track. Other weeks, they're right back to right back to playing in the basement. Andrew Luck was six. Uh, the, 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 was sacked six times, not six sack times. Uh, sacked six times by the Chiefs way. defense. Either way, you yeah, know. I, I, I think I have figured out the Colts. They are just the Lions of the AFC. Oh, ooh, ouch. Yeah, well, you, you can't ignore. He's right. You they, can't ignore these numbers. They score seven in the second, and they score seven in the third, and that's all you get to see from them at home against the Chiefs. You'd think they'd play a little harder. Like you said, there were, there were points during the season so far where it's like, hmm, maybe the Colts have something going on. And then they have this game where they have nothing going on. You injure the starting quarterback twice, you know, right? and, and you still can't figure it out. I, I'm, re- I'm ready at this stage in the season to just say the Colts aren't, don't have it. No, and the Texans are so far ahead in that division now yeah. that... Yeah, uh, you know. Also, the Titans are trying to come on strong here of late. Yeah, Titans um, are still playing well. Uh, yeah. So Tom called them the Lions of the AFC. Well, the Lions of the NFC went ahead and Detroit it all over the place yesterday. Yeah, they Detroited pretty hard. Um, fifty-eight rushing yards, and uh, Stafford was only able to throw for two hundred forty yards. Um, I mean, that Texans defense is still not really joking around, even without JJ Watt. Right. It's kind of incredible without JJ Watt that they're still doing that. Yeah. Um, Brock Osweiler, pedestrian again, uh, 29 attempts, 186 yards, 6.4 per attempt. Um, touchdown interception, sacked three times. Yeah, we've talked about how they've and, wasted a bunch of money on him before. Well, and they're going to host a playoff game, maybe. 
Oh no, definitely. I mean, who's yeah. going to take that? Who's going to take that division from them? I, yeah, they, I like the Titans. They're you know they're coming up, but I don't yeah, think yeah. they're going to take the division. Yeah, that's. I think that's Houston's division. Um, Stafford's numbers weren't awful by himself, but you know he did only have that one touchdown. But you know he th- he still threw in the sixties. He threw at almost sixty six percent. Right. Uh, two hundred forty yards. That's a, that's pretty good. It's low for Stafford. The 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 yards but, per attempt is the issue. The five point nine. Yeah, it's that. 5.9 that kind of sucks for him um yeah i, I was kind of surprised again you know we're we're four games in uh or whatever to uh on on this segment and i think i'm 0-4 in the <laughs> games no i i got the patriots right but yeah no i picked detroit picked detroit to win this i figured why not they were doing great houston stunk last week i get that houston played a bad defense or a good defense last week they played a really good defense but still i didn't think that they had anything we saw again yesterday that brock osweiler doesn't have anything yet still still somehow they pull out the win over detroit Um, it's amazing when you consider the weapons that osweiler has DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. uh, Will Fuller, has you know, he got injured yesterday, but still up to this point, he's been pr- playing really well. Braxton Miller is no slouch. Uh, Osweiler just can't get the ball to him. Mm-hmm. You know, Lamar Miller has been pretty good in the backfield. It's just he's got so many weapons, he just can't he can't figure it out. He can't get the ball there. Nope. But um, I I kind of got out of order skipping over the nine a nine a.m. game, so I'm bouncing all over. Um, David Saints were able to pull out a miraculous win against the Seahawks. Yeah, that was a complete shocker which, too. Which we all picked wrong. We did. We did pick that wrong, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to sound like uh uh like I had a feeling that it could go this way. But there there was a point when I was looking when we were, when we were coming up with the picks. There was a point where I was looking at this game and I was like, hmm, there is this outside chance that the Saints could win, and it's because I don't trust the Seahawks' offense to be. You know, I had the same feelings, but then I thought, they're not consistent. I thought about the Saints' defense, and yes. I was like, "Well, no, this is what this is what mm-hmm. fixes offenses." And that's exactly what that's exactly how I made my determination <laughs> as well. As I started thinking about that Saints' defense, and I'm like, "Yeah, they're at home, but that doesn't mean anything anymore uh, when it's you know it's the Saints." But you know, one thing that we should have thought was it's Halloween weekend. The Saints aren't going to screw that up. That's right. <laughs> they're the Saints. I mean, it's Halloween every day in New Orleans, uh, from what I've seen. Every game day at least is halloween i mean they've, it's uh, i really i really would love to go down there during halloween uh and hopefully escape with my life because I, <laughs> I you know just seeing just seeing like the show that that they put on i i, I don't even think anyone organizes on organizes it honestly oh, i think no, i think you just go down to the superdome and on, on halloween weekend and stuff just happens <laughs> you've stepped into what halloween is supposed to be and nobody even planned it it's just it's it's an interesting atmosphere to watch on television i'd like to maybe check it out in person someday but you know it could be dangerous oh man i saw that james <laughs> bond film i don't need to go yeah. down there oh god which one was, was roger moore live and yeah. let die our producer uh is the bond head in the studio there's and, a show uh, on the network. Check it out. Hey, I knew it was Roger Moore, at least. Doesn't he jump a car with a boat? Yeah. No, he, also, he, he jumped... runs across alligators. He runs across alligators. Man. Is that not also so the bad. one where he does a barrel roll in a... No, 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 no. no. Ah. There you go. That's, that's Golden Gun, yeah. Oh man, there is a Bond Bros show, and it's not called that. No, but we, yeah, we. If you are interested in Bond and you'd rather not hear us talk about it, please go check out that show. <laughs> oh, back back into the football that happens in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> that's right. 
So the the Seahawks in that game didn't get a lot on the ground. Uh, 40 yards out of Michael, 23 out of Procise. Procise had 80 yards through the air, though, from Russell Wilson. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty and, impressive. And uh, a kid named uh, Tanner McAvoy actually had a 43-yard completion of Procise for a good chunk of that. But. Yeah, they had that trick play. The Seahawks had that trick play. I saw uh, there was another uh, trick play like that last night in the Eagles game that, that didn't work out. Yeah. But... uh. Or, or, you know, you had the receiver tossing it. Right. But yeah, yeah, the Saint, uh, Seahawks had that trick play. They got things going pretty fast against the Saints, but then it just sort of, uh, it didn't work out for them. You know, they scored 14 points in the first half. They scored six points in the second half. Yeah. Um, they had a sh- the, the Seahawks had a shot late. Uh, you know, the, yeah, they the, the did. The last play of the game is incomplete as he came down out of bounds. So. Yeah, they did. Uh, Wilson put it up just a little too high. Uh, receiver had to go up a little too high to get it and couldn't come down in bounds. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that the Saints won it. Obviously, I'm. I'm proud of them for pulling off, uh, for keeping the Seahawks down to 20 points. That's a huge day for the New Orleans defense when they stop you from scoring right. uh, three touchdowns. It's, I wouldn't say, I don't know that one game is enough to say that they've improved one way or another, but it is interesting to see. Um, if you're feeling bad about your offense, the Saints, that's the team you want to go and play to feel better and get everything back on right. track. It's, it's almost like a practice. It's almost like a, the Seahawks weren't able to do it yesterday. Yeah, it is. It's surprising. I was I was amazed. I was, I was following along with the score. I was watching some other things, um, some other games. But I was following along with that score, and I was like, how the heck did this happen? Yeah. Well, if, if they can get their defense to just be just a little bit better. To just be like. Just a little bit better. Semi-adequate. They're still in, in the wild card hunt yeah, at this point oh the saints i mean they're still in they're still in talks for the division i know really. i mean <laughs> if the yes, Falcon, atlanta won yesterday I know. however they they very easily could have lost that game and I know. Their, their defense is just as bad if not worse than than the new orleans defense At, right now yeah atlanta did not look good at all last night and i was i was like i'm like hoping that they could they could lose like i want to i i pretty much write off the saints before every season starts so, but that but, way you're pleasantly surprised when it works out. Yeah, right? but yesterday, yesterday during that Packers game, I'm thinking like, oh God, if the if the Falcons lose, they've got one game on them. Yeah. The the only real <laughs> difference be, between the Falcons and the Saints is, is the uh, the point differential. Yeah. It, the the Falcons have just been scoring more points. Oh, Matt Ryan's MVP like season. Well, is... well, because you know Atlanta doesn't have the greatest defense in the world, but they at least have a defense. Right, and so that's that's going to play a role too. Right. Well, we've apparently just jumped into this game, so we'll continue with it. Yeah. The Falcons did beat the Packers thirty-three to thirty-two yesterday. Um, as I said, Matt Ryan continuing that MVP-like season uh, completed eighty percent of his passes for two hundred eighty-eight yards and three touchdowns. Um, with that last uh, that last one coming with just thirty-one seconds left. Yes, just thirty-one seconds left. Uh, Mohamed yeah. Sanu nine receptions for eighty-four yards and a touchdown. Um, the Packers' defense was not good yesterday, but one thing they did do was hold Julio Jones to three catches for twenty-nine yards. Yeah, and how long was he in it until he got that? Until he had that injury? Oh, he didn't. He barely missed any time with that injury. Yeah, he was just out for a short bit. Oh, okay. So, I was. I didn't. I never checked back on it. I was watching that game, um, but I guess I I wasn't really paying attention too much to the Julio Jones injury. But I did see him on the sidelines, kind of hopping around. Well, uh, you you may not have thought he was back because he was just being shut down. I think that's what it was. Because, like I said, I watched the whole game. I remember the injury, the injury, and I'm like, 
uh, and you're not seeing Julio Jones, I assumed that he actually had, uh, I assumed we'd hear something today, but I guess he did get back into the game. Um, and they were just, uh, they were just able to, uh, the Packers were just able to limit, uh, him on the field. Uh, I was a little surprised with the turnout of that game, to be honest. Uh, I was pretty sure the Packers going to pull it out the way that they were doing so well there in Atlanta. Right. Um, you know, they were really pounding away. Well, big problem for them. Uh, look, you know, looking through the stats and this was something I was painfully aware of, uh, throughout the game. Green Bay's leading rusher yesterday. You guys want to take a guess? Aaron Rodgers. Bingo. Yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers. 60 yards. Uh, next closest was the fullback with 34 yards and the two running backs that have been on the roster for about a week, 14 yards total. <laughs> well, um, so Ty Montgomery was out and so, yes, he, Ty Montgomery he and Randall Cobb were both out. Right. Oh yeah. The Packers were hit um, by injuries really hard. So I guess, I guess the seven not... starters missed the game. And it, it was just kind of suddenly I, I, I read yesterday just before the one o'clock games started that all those players were out, so I had to make a couple fantasy changes really quickly. Yeah, yeah, I had to make a lot of last-minute changes, too, with all the injuries. Actually, in one of my leagues, I think I went without a receiver playing. Um, you know, I had a receiver, but I had I did have a receiver spot open because just all around the league, there's been these injuries. Yeah. But, yeah, I said it was surprising that the Falcons won yesterday's game. I say that based on what I was watching. Right. That, but, you know, when you sit, if you were to sit back before the game and think about it objectively, you would have picked, you know, you would have, you would have picked that one pretty. Well, I made my selection of Green Bay before the injuries came out. And yeah. Before we knew that Cobb and Montgomery weren't playing. Right. And, um, so I. I, I was more confident in the Packers at that point, knowing what Atlanta's defense is and knowing that they can't defend the pass. And that's all Green Bay has to do right now. Yeah. And I, I remember when I saw Atlanta, when I was in Denver, um, I said that they had a really good defense, but you know, again, they didn't have a lot to really defend against uh, when, when you've got uh, Trevor Simeon out like that, right? Uh, who, you know, wasn't huge yesterday either, but, and you're going up against Paxton Lynch, I guess the Denver Broncos were limited as far as what they could do on offense, which is going to make defense look better right uh in that they don't have to get too creative to stop you yeah. uh interesting stat from the packers uh for this season two players in the nfl this year have had back-to-back 10 reception games ty montgomery last week and the week before and Devonte adams this week and last week that's pretty awesome <laughs> so who else had 10 catches this week who's gonna have it next week yeah somebody else has nobody to... <laughs> it's it's broken oh i know rogers did spread it around pretty pretty good yesterday yeah actually uh two so, players got their first nfl touchdowns yes uh, one was on his first catch yeah I believe. geronimo allison uh four yard reception from rogers uh first catch that's of gotta, his career for a touchdown that's got to be such a special feeling you know yeah you're in a game it's like halfway through the season your team's competitive within the division uh and you know they put you out there and they draw up this one play to get the ball to you and it's a touchdown like i can't imagine what that feeling is like but it's got to be really cool yeah it was it was a pretty good moment to watch and then the other one was trevor davis uh got his first touchdown not his first reception of the year but got his first touchdown so pretty special moment for those two young men in that game um yeah yeah when you got injuries you know you're gonna have these 
kids come in yeah. and get to do their thing and it's not like just because they aren't the starters and just because they're not usually even dressed that day you know doesn't mean that they can't play ball i know a lot of times you'll see something like that and you'll say oh points po- fantasy points had by no one or something like right. that well it's like well these guys are well, still football players that made it to the nfl right, yeah. uh, and it, it is it is it is uh perhaps future fantasy points to be had by someone yeah you and never know this could be you know they just needed a chance and and now they're going to break out yeah. break into the league yeah it's it's cool to see these it's cool to see these other guys obviously the big names that's what draws you into the sport uh that's that's a huge reason for the bad ratings is not a lot of exposure with the big names right now i've got another theory but, for that a little bit later yeah we'll talk about the ratings <laughs> a little bit later um yeah but we have thoughts yeah thought so, bros thought bros isn't that just everyone thought bros yeah that's the whole can we change it from we're not going to try to change it from four ride radio but if we did we i would like to suggest thought bros as just the whole network name <laughs> he's shaking his head no but and i it's, think it's because it's not the normal he wishes he had thought of it it is no i don't it's not the normal head shake he gives us when we ask him for something where like he's kind of smiling like that's a funny idea he's shaking his head as though he just wants david to go away <laughs> i get that i get that he just wants me to leave <laughs> he'd be pointing to the stairs but he's his he's busy with his phone and the computer and all that stuff Anyway, busy making sure that we give you the best show we can. I think he's. I'm look. I can see what he's doing. It looks like he's just deleting our page, <laughs> changing all the password. You can't demote. They're gonna me. be. They're gonna be new hosts uh, next week. You can't demote me any further than ex assistant oh, to well, the ex delivery boy. We got you. We got you back <laughs> up to friend of the show this week, but not a friend of Eric apparently. Not a friend of the network. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, we're going to cut all this. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> so there were quite a few overtime games this week. Uh, one of them God, was in, yeah, they were. Literally all of them, yeah. right? One of them was in Tampa Bay where the Raiders pulled out the 30-24 to victory. Um, How did they do that? I always... They I, had... They scored six points. They did. They had 20 <laughs> <in overtime>. penalties. <laughs> was a it, league record. No, it was 23. 23, 23. For, for 200 yards. Yes. For 200 yards. Yes, that was the record the f- penal, um, record amount of penalties. Not a record amount of yards, but it was up there, yeah. obviously. What, 23 penalties? What's funny is uh, I, I I believe it was... Uh, I, I frequent Deadspin um, yeah. you know, quite a lot. I, I love reading Deadspin. And... Uh, and uh man maybe it wasn't them i don't know it was one of it was one of the outlets that i typically read and i just i remember seeing uh them kind of making fun of a quote from jack del rio that uh there's a zero tolerance policy uh for just uh making dumb mistakes right <laughs> and like where was that policy uh 23 times yesterday um the i'm, I'm watching that game up, up at the bar and and the whole time all i'm thinking about is that scene in radio where they get the penalty and the coach just keep, keeps screaming at the ref and he just keeps pulling flags out. And after the game, he's the coach is walking with his wife and she pulls one out. And he goes, oh, you only managed to get one of them? <laughs> I'm just expecting Jack yeah. Del Rio and his wife walking down out of the stadium and she's got one of the one of the flags to give to him as a souvenir. Yeah, there are flags all over the field. Like, could, oh like God, banana. They could have like, found it out game flags yeah. instead of game balls afterwards. Yeah, there are fla- <laughs> there were flags on the field like banana peels all day long. Like it was it was an amazing thing and but yeah they pull off that record amount of flags but then what happens they, won they the game. win they somehow win 
Well, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Derek Carr, not David Carr as I commonly call him, threw for 513 yards. A lot of that had to do with the fact that they were facing third and 14, third and 28 for all these penalties. But still, 513 yards, that's nothing nothing to shake your head at. No, do you know how excited I am that my team somehow won with him on the bench? Uh, yeah, so I, I started gonna, Andy Dalton over him in a league. I was going to... Oh. Well, I started Drew Brees, so it's not a dumb idea objectively. Right. It's Drew Brees at home. Yeah, it's against Seattle's defense, which is pretty good. But I still feel he's going to get more points than Derek Carr. And Derek Carr squashes him with his, like, 45 projected or forty-five points to his projected 13 or some stupid crap yeah. like that. I was pretty upset. It took it took last night's game for me to win. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was insane. My opponent and I, my opponent and I, I say my opponent, he's a nine-year-old boy. He is. My, my opponent and I had the Matthews, had the Matthews's in last night's game and uh it, i was kicking myself over Derek carr all day he the the nine-year-old is my son um <laughs> yeah he almost outsmarted you with some of the moves that he made um yeah i said some i let him run his own team it's worked out to the tune of a three and five record so far yeah he's doing pretty good he's doing pretty good for, <laughs> for nine for nine year old yeah yeah no three and five is is great like, I think he's doing really good. This is his first time playing in our league, and we've got a pretty big competitive league that we've yeah. had going on for years now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his his uh, entry into this league is, is memorable with his 3-5. to five. With I'm undefeated in this league, so if he would have beat me yesterday, you know. That would have been the ultimate Cinderella story. Well, I didn't really want to hear that from a 9-year-old. I was, you know, <laughs> He'd have talked all sorts of smack to you, and you know it. I know. Last night's game, the Eagles game last night was just terrible for me, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> so in the in this uh, in this Oakland game, um, Amari Cooper 173 yards, Michael Crabtree 108 yards. Seriously, can't say enough about this guy. Yeah, um, for the for the Bucks, nothing really jumps out at you other than that. Uh, Jameis Winston completed only 50 percent of his passes again, um, and uh, Robert Agayo, the kicker that they traded up for. For the second round, um, missed another extra point. Still can't. Second I, round pick. I still can't could, believe that. Could have cost him the game. Yeah. And this isn't the first time this year that he's missed a kick that could have cost him. Yeah. No, that's that's incredible. Like, what? what how, when Mike Nugent came into the league, you know, when did they? Who drafted him and in what position? Because I'd still, I think I'd rather have Nugent over this. Yeah, I this don't know. Kid. He definitely wasn't a second round pick. But no, I don't understand how you do that. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to wrap my head around Sebastian Janikowski being a number one pick in '99. So. Yeah, and I and I don't say that because I think kicking's easy. I don't think it is at all. I think it's a very you know I think it's just as hard as, pe- as all these other positions. But but like the kicks that they're missing seem to me statistically at least to be like routine kicks. Well, but the but the kicking's not easy. But the people who kick are all very similar in skill level. It's You can find a kicker out there yeah. who doesn't have a job because there are 124 Division One colleges or whatever right. and only 32 NFL teams. Yeah, that speaks to just the, the what I think is just the stupidity of picking a kicker that high. Yeah. Like nothing against this kid uh, personally or anything, but it's like, how, how are you missing that? How are you missing that? Well, the, the thing that... That bothered me about all of the, you know, all these kicking issues that have been coming up over the past few weeks. Randy Moss goes out there and starts kicking field goals and uh, wing tips. Oh, it's that easy. In wing, yeah, in his no, wing tips. No, Randy Moss, it's not because you didn't have eleven two hundred fifty plus pound men running towards you 
and leaping over offensive linemen and diving at your knees. And I would so say no, Randy Moss, it's not that easy. And I would say overall athletic skill, Randy Moss is already uh, leagues ahead of most kickers. Yes. So it's like so. it's like even even retired at age forty, whatever. It's like so, you're a great kicker, Randy Moss. Well, you also had a pretty big career and at such a high impact position. He spent his career running up and down a field. Yeah, he's got strong legs. Yeah, he's got legs on him. I. I um, they brought uh, Alex Ovechkin once down uh, from from the Washington Capitals hockey team, uh, as everyone knows, down to FedEx Field uh, to to try. I think it was uh, extra point kick. It and, was, yeah, and, it was. And he nails it on his first try. But but again, it was during it was during a Washington practice day. Um, so you know the entire football team's out there practicing, and they let uh, Ovechkin come into the stadium and do a kick there, and he makes it. But again. Ovechkin, uh, top three forward in the uh, world, uh, well, in certain ways. We'll get to NHL later. Yeah. But in any case, you get this very good, one of the best uh, athletes to play a sport, come in and kick this thing, and it's like, yeah, he's going to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's no, not that, a, it's not a game time situation. That argument's bothered me, but yeah. So yeah. Um, next game, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're talking about a couple a uh, couple pretty bad teams right here. The Panthers beat the Cardinals thirty to twenty. Yeah, whatever. You know, everybody's gonna say the Panthers are back on track and blah blah blah. No, <laughs> no. The, the Cardinals haven't been that good this year, so let's kind of pump the brakes on that. One thing that uh, Carolina can hang their hat on, though, sacked Carson Palmer eight times. Yeah, and that, that is huge. Carolina's got the def the you know their defense has been their thing. They had one of the highest rated defenses coming into this, and then they finally get to show it off yesterday. I mean, let's remember this is only their second win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's only their second win. So you know, turning it around means they have to win every single game for the rest of the season. My right. the biggest takeaway for me was we finally got to see Cam Newton do an interview. Because as we all know, he only interviews when his team wins. Yep. Right. He it was it kind of it was a it irked me a little bit to see. <laughs> like oh we're good we get a Cam Newton interview finally. Thanks for letting us know your thoughts on your team's win. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> um, whatever. I'm done. I'm done talking about Newton. We're talking about fake Newton. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to spend any time on that. That's all I gotta say is you know yeah. you guys you guys got a Cam Newton interview because you guys got a Cam Newton win. Yep. So um, for the Cardinals they only ran the ball 10 times very ineffectively yeah. uh, 24 yards on 10 carries for david johnson he did have wow. 84 yards on seven catches um just not a great game for arizona no. i still feel like they're they're not as bad of a team as what they've been playing as but um they, yeah. they need something to spark it to turn it around i don't know what that's going to be i fully expect them to have a new quarterback next year it's i don't know why well, I, I kind of i carson is not the best quarterback in the league. He wasn't the best quarterback in the league last year when he was in talks for the MVP. He's a very good quarterback, but he's also an aging quarterback. Yeah, well, that, that's part of why I expect him to have a new a new quarterback. He's he's getting older. He's not as effective as he was. They can get somebody in the draft uh, with as bad as they're playing. Uh, I have a little trouble saying that the Cardinals are better than their record simply because last they had this loss, but last week they had that tie. Yeah, and I, so I don't know. I don't like. I'm kind of waiting to see uh, with the Cardinals. Because right right now I'm not super optimistic about them at, because of these games back to back. Right. 
So they might be on a slide. Like I said, there uh, there could be something that triggers it, that turns it around, but you know we'll have to wait and see what that is. Um, so out in Denver, uh, the Broncos were able to hang on and beat the San Diego Chargers 27 to 19. A uh, pretty scary moment in this game. Melvin Gordon's running toward, I believe it was Melvin Gordon's running towards the sideline and runs into Broncos defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, uh, knocking him to the ground. Phillips had to be put on a stretcher and taken out. Um, reports were coming in from Fox that he had uh, broken or otherwise injured his leg. Turns out that those reports were false. Uh, and yeah, I heard that report too. So those, so he didn't really break his leg. No, he's no. he's fine. Oh, that's he's good. He's been released from the hospital. Oh, no, that's... no injuries, no complications. Yeah, that's great news because you never know when you got an older guy like that. I mean, we saw Sean Payton get his leg destroyed, and he's, right. he's not. He wasn't an old guy at that time. No, and what Wade's <laughs> Wade's sixty eight, sixty nine years old. Now? Yeah, you got I mean... a sixty nine year old guy. And what what was interesting on that was that that was a defensive uh, play there. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> that was a great play. To, they, uh, that was the. An interception six. return for yeah. That was the that was the pick six. So Denver's Wade Phillips's defense goes out there and does this awesome thing in the process. Wade Phillips gets knocked to the ground and they had to stretch him out. But uh, yeah. we're we're happy to hear that he's all right because yeah. that's not that's that's a scary thing for anybody. Um, yeah, that's, that's a scary thing for Denver because they need their defensive coordinator. Yeah, my <laughs> wife was going crazy. Yeah, she, we're sitting there watching the games and uh, you know she I I was obviously watching my Packers and she goes oh oh my god look at this. Since, you know, I'm watching, and I'm like, that's Wade Phillips. That's yeah. What is it with Denver's coaches and coordinators getting hurt too? Now? Right. I mean, you got getting hurt and sick. <laughs> yeah I've, yeah maybe it's, those, maybe it's the air yeah maybe it's too the elevation up there you know uh, yeah maybe the bone maybe your bone density is that like well i mean you know there's a we're not going to get into the physics i guess anatomy bros well i'm just Did saying we tease that before i feel like we might have teased that before it's something i probably say on a daily basis regardless sh- on, yeah. in studio or not uh, but i i do just want to say that if you you know bone density and gravity are very directly related. Yes. And uh, if you're interested uh, to learn more about that topic, write us and we'll start an entirely new podcast on that topic and that topic alone. I thought you were going to say visit your local library. Or visit your local library. If you guys still have those. I miss those PSAs. Yeah. I really do. Not really. Go to the library. Library is great. I mean, everything's on the internet now, but there's there's no better feeling than cracking open a real book and flipping pages. Yeah. But we digress. You guys digress. I do not. Uh, No, you digress. We've changed the show. (laughs) We're talking about this now. Yeah. So uh, for San Diego, Philip Rivers, three interceptions, sacked four times, only completed not 42% bad. of his passes. Not bad. <laughs> it's not good. It's no. not good. Well, but uh, two of those were tipped. True. But uh, that's true. But then he should have one was better footballs. One bad. was uh, taken for the for the touchdown, and yeah. another one almost got taken for a touchdown. So right. Yeah. No. It's still. Yeah. I know. A lot of times we do point out like it was tipped. It's not his fault. Um. That's. It's, it's not completely. Yeah. His fault. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's still somewhat the quarterback's fault. He still does need to place the ball better, but it's yeah. not like he threw it directly to the yeah, other. The, guy. the only times it's not his fault. Is when it hits the receiver in the hands and it just bounces straight up in the air and someone yeah. else gets it, you know. Yeah, tip tip balls uh, can go to can go a few different ways, you know. They can be a reception, they can be an interception, or they can be an incomplete 
pass, but tip balls can also happen in several different ways. It can happen because that ball was too fast. It can happen because it was too far in front or behind mm-hmm. you. It can happen because it was too high or too low. So I think a, maybe a lot more of it is on the quarterback. Yeah, it, it can happen because of the route. It can happen for so many reasons. Um, Rivers was looking good a lot of points this year. Uh, but not yesterday. No, not yesterday. Um, I, and again, the defense he played, I expect him to bounce back. But yeah, um, on the Broncos side, nothing, nothing all that great. Yeah, Simeon um, wasn't that great either. Simeon wasn't great. The running 52. game wasn't great. They won this on the back of their defense. They yeah, really did. Um, I, th- I think Denver, Denver fans should still be slightly worried here. Uh, about the offense because Trevor Simeon did what fifty two percent no no touchdown one interception it, was, and he, was he sacked I'm not just, sure just once yeah maybe just once I uh, but I you know I'm worried for yes for, just once I, I'm worried for their offense that's a little you know well as they I, proved last year yeah. don't really need to worry that much yeah they did but did do they get to prove uh, can a defense be so good that they'll prove that two years in a row and win and win a Super Bowl I think we're about to find out yes. Yeah. Well, they are winning, and yeah, yeah, and like yeah, that's the thing is like yes, I can't argue with you that they are winning. I mean, uh, and and so it's like okay, they could squeeze in the Super Bowl, and yeah, I guess we will find out. But it it, it is a little worrisome. I know that fans were, you know, I, I I know some Denver fans who are more reasonable than a lot of other fans. Right. A lot of, uh, um, you know, one of my best friends, your wife, you know, they're Bron- they're Broncos fans. She's the pessimistic Broncos fan. Well, and so. Yeah, and so is Sarah, uh, and uh, sometimes you know, like, or at least reasonable. You know, yeah. she's a reasonable fan to 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 where they know that their offense isn't doing great, right? And they know that these are people who know that your defense m- maybe can't win every single game, but like Michael said, we'll see. He says that because their record is still really great. They're, they're six and well, two. Oakland is six and two, and Kansas City is five and two. It, um, it did not help them at all losing C.J. Anderson to that injury. He's right. on IR now. He's eligible to come back uh, in eight weeks. So he'll be back seven for a playoff now. run. Right. So it's not like they don't have an offense. It's that they don't have a lot of their offensive firepower right now. Because when he is out there and he's uh, completely healthy, he can run through defenders. He can run around defenders. <clears throat> Yeah, it's they're they're gonna miss him during this stretch, but they you know they proved yesterday against a, a very high powered offense and a great quarterback. Yeah, I'm talking I'm talking great stat wise. He's obviously had his issues in the postseason. Yeah, he's Philip Rivers. He's Philip Rivers. Um, but uh, you know they proved against one of the more high high powered offenses that they're still the best defense in the NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how far it can carry them. Uh, I I fully expect it to carry them to the playoffs. I would not be surprised for them to win that division. Um. But they're definitely going to be a wild card. Do you think so? Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. O- Oakland, I mean, Oakland can take that division easily. Um, I mean, obviously, the Patriots are going to be the number one seed. I would not say that's, obviously. That's a pretty foregone I, conclusion at this point. I don't know about that. I really don't. Uh, the The Patriots always do have that stretch every single season where they drop two of three, three of four, two in a row. You know. But the question is, did they weather that stretch already and just pull games out of nowhere? I don't think that they did because usually it's when Brady, you know, is obviously healthy or not suspended or what have you, and a lot of it has to do with sometimes he hits these lulls so if he hits one of these lulls like he has in past years and it's you know a lull for him is obviously still better than half the quarterbacks in the league yeah but 
if that lull comes comes at a time where they're playing, you know, some of these better teams, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, what if yeah. that lull came during a suspension, though? You can't lull when you're not playing. But what if it was supposed to have happened during the, oh, the football gods? <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Sorry. I realized we were talking football gods. <laughs> so if the football gods decided it was going to be those first four games, we might have been through it. I suppose that is it's, that is yeah. possible, Tom. It's funny. I was just thinking, like I was just thinking about how I said I, I talk about um, about Sarah being reasonable. She she did wear a, a, a Denver shirt yesterday, and she she is a, she is a little bit um, what do you call it superstitious about these kinds of things, as as we all do. Uh, but she was uh, she was pretty excited when she texted me yesterday saying that she's broken the curse. She wore a Broncos T-shirt today and they still won. Uh, <laughs> she she feels like uh, it's bad luck to to you know wear a shirt or wear a jersey and and I get it. Like I've had the same thoughts sometimes when my team is doing a certain way. I but uh, she said you know it's a big day. It's a big day for her. But I, I did tell I did tell her like like that's you know that's awesome. That's great news and we're, I'm really proud of you. But you can't wash that shirt now. <laughs> and and you're a jerk. Yeah. Oh, I she can't wash the. Shirt. Sure. I mean, hey, if she believes if she, if she's uh, believing in the superstition, man, she's got to. I mean, that's you it. Gotta go that's the shirt. Out. You that, got to go full out. Yeah, that's the shirt. It's that shirt, Sarah. I'm sorry, you can't wash the shirt. That's just how it goes. Yep. You have to choose. You have to make a choice. Cleanliness <laughs> or winning. Yeah, can't have both. And I mean, winning for me, you know, personally is is all has always been more important than personal hygiene. Oh, well, I believe that know. was Vince Lombardi's stance. Yeah, right. But uh, you well, know, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Right. She may feel differently. He was whatever. talking about cleanliness. Yeah. Not many people know that. The rest of the quote is lost to history. Yeah. It's well, it's in a biography somewhere. I'm yeah. sure. Um. So breaking news out of the NFL: Patriots trade Pro Bowl linebacker Jamie Collins to the Browns for a third round pick. Let's talk about what are they getting out of this? Hey, breaking stars news. <laughs> Dallas Stars announced Alice Hemsky to miss five to six months Ooh. after under, undergoing surgery to repair a labral tear. Well, did everyone see the Titans uh, wide receiver Andre Johnson retired? We, yep. Uh, we were, uh, Tom and I had talked about that. We we're going to, we were going to try to get that, that, uh, when we talked about the Titans uh, game, which well, we haven't done yet. Well, we're, yes. well, we're getting into the we're, Thursday right game now, and we haven't even game. talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we're getting to it now. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> Andre Johnson, great receiver, very underrated receiver, playing at the same time as guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Kelvin Johnson and some of these other big-name guys. Didn't always get his due, but always a great great talent, great character guy in the locker room. Um, he was the face of that Houston franchise for the entire time he was there. And he was a guy that you could always count on to make the catch no matter what's going on. No matter you know if he's being grabbed and thrown to the ground, if he's being shoved, or if he's being face guarded, he would always make the catch. Yeah, well, and, you know, a lot of that is that big body and... Um... You know, guy's got some pretty sizable hands too, so not yeah. much gonna, not much gonna get away from him. Um, he uh, hold he holds every every receiving record with the Texans that you could ever want to hold. Uh, receptions one thousand twelve, yardage thirteen thousand five hundred ninety seven, sixty four touchdowns, and he averaged eighty point five yards per game for them uh, throughout his career. You know, he did uh, have that year in Indy last year and spent a little bit of time with Tennessee this year. Um, nine catches for 85 yards. He had the game-winning touchdown in the game that you guys are at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the Titans 16-15 victory over Detroit. Yeah, he did. Um, he finished his career 10th all-time in receiving yards, 14,185. Not yeah. bad for not ever having a 
uh, franchise quarterback throwing to him. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. No, Could you I, imagine his numbers with a guy like Favre or Manning? Oh, or I know Brady. Yeah, I love I loved Andre Johnson when he when he was playing with Houston, and and I and I did feel bad for him because I'm like that's there's such talent there. Those years with uh, with Johnson and Arian Foster there, who yeah, actually also retired this this year. Yep. Yeah, you were terrified. You were terrified of them, and and when you saw that their teams weren't winning, you were like, how? Oh, because nobody's getting the ball to Andre Johnson. Right. I, so, yeah, I'm really happy to have been able to see Andre Johnson this year. He is one of those players, like, you know, you make a list of guys you want to see. Um, you don't want to go and see a bunch of, quote, nobodies. Uh, so, you know, you, you sit down in your seats and you're saying, ooh, Andre Johnson's out there today. That's pretty cool. We get to see him. And then to have him retire like this, it's like you feel even more uh, lucky that you got, that you did get to see him uh, in that in that game this year against Detroit. And and he 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 was kind of the elder statesman of that receiving core there in definitely. Tennessee. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he um. Yeah, they need they 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 benefited having him there. He was held without a catch on Thursday night. Um, and his his talent had been been failing him here for a little bit now. Um, Tennessee won that game thirty six to twenty two. Um. It would have been nice to see him maybe get a touchdown in his last game, but you know it, it's nice that he knew the end was here and didn't didn't wait it out and try to play through the rest of the season and risk you know some sort of life threatening or you know debilitating injury. Yeah. So good good to see him recognize it was time to go. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's a Hall of Fame career. No. Uh, no. And no, and a lot of that has to do with the logjam at receiver. A lot of it has to do with some of these younger guys that are going to surpass him by then. And definitely. And it. Like it or not, a lot of it has to do with the no Super Bowl. Yeah. Which is, you know, well, I've, I've already spoken about my displeasure at that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Houston's never even come close. No. You know? No. They, and I don't know when they will. No, not with Brock Osweiler's quarterback. <laughs> no. I guarantee you yep. Brock Osweiler will never win a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. What if he gets on the defense's team? He was. And they pulled him because he was ineffective. I know, but what if he gets carried someday? What if he just stays in the league as a backup and the starter gets injured and they've got a good enough defense? I mean, I don't know. I guarantee it. Guarantee. Um, so the, uh, the last game that we're going to talk about before we get into our issues with the handling of the Browns-Redskins game. Uh, last night, the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 29 to 23 in overtime. So not a tie. Got, not a tie. Not like that. No, we're not talking about that yeah. yet. We'll get there. Oakland, Oakland and Tampa. You're not right. a tie. Not a tie. Even though I kept texting the guys throughout the game. Yeah, we were we were texting a lot <laughs> about that one. Just please, please, yeah. please tie. Um, so. A lot of you, uh, I know, support us on the Facebook page. If you don't, you should. It's great stuff. We try to post quite a bit throughout the throughout the course of each day. Uh, we do our picks. We do just straight up win or loser for all of the Sunday games, except for the Sunday night football game. We always pick a score. Um, so somehow, completely independent of each other, we all picked Dallas to score 31 points last night. Yeah, we we never we don't usually ever have conversations about. W- what we think one team will score. We don't consult each other over, hey, what do you think is going to happen in this game? And independently, Michael sends out the message like, hey, guys, what are your pit, what are your scores for the Philadelphia-Dallas game? And we all reply, 31 points for Dallas. Yeah. David had 31-17, Tom had 31-20, and I, being the closest without going over, yep. 
Price is Right rules. I was uh, I actually I was actually gonna make a post last night saying that Michael with prices going right <laughs> with the Price is Right rules uh, won this one. Yeah. 30, 31 to twenty three. Yeah. Uh, the final twenty nine to twenty three. I gotta be honest. I didn't watch the game, guys. I was busy watching my Cubs. So uh, yes, that's right. No, I watched the game. I watched the whole game. It was fun to watch. I watched the highlights and. I mean, they they looked like they were playing a good game, both both offenses. No, it was it was a really it was a really good game to watch. I, I was I was excited for this game yesterday. I thought, oh my gosh, we've got a primetime game, and it's going to be a good one. It's against a uh, uh, it's against Dallas and Philly, who are the number one and two in that division. Um, well, and the th- they could we- be tied for the they could be tied for the division as far as records go by the end of this one. So I was really excited to see that game. And it finally turned out to be something worth watching. We got an NFC East matchup that was worthwhile in primetime. Yeah. Yeah. It was excellent. I I was really, I was really happy we got that because, I mean, you've got the Cowboys, they were five and one. You had the Eagles who were four and two. Yeah. Eagle, you know, Eagles win that game. You've got identical records. Right. Uh, we we've complained quite a bit about the NFL's insistence upon you know shoving the NFC East down our throat, and we uh, we have a cousin uh, Matthew who I know listens to the show and uh, has interacted with us on the page and everything. He hates it even more than we do. Yeah. Um. He's a Steelers fan, so he hates the Cowboys quite a bit. Um. But anytime the schedule comes out, and I I always agree with him. We'll text back and forth about it. He'll say, Oh, see, they got. Uh, Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, so, you know, you see they got the uh, 13 primetime matchups this year, and that's what it seems like every year. Yeah. They've got 13 primetime matchups with, yeah. with, with the NFC East teams. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll text me, and I'll see it, and I'll get just as mad as, as he is about it. And, uh, but it, it does seem like every year, every well, weekend gets an NFC East team. Yeah. Well, it's, t- it's so hard, though. It's so hard because of the money. You know, you've got Dallas and Washington who are such huge markets. Well, I think I think so the, fans are growing tired of it though. Well, the Giants aren't good. Well, the fans are growing tired of it right as a couple of these teams are starting to get good, so right. it's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah like, the Giants haven't been good. But you know it makes sense. It makes sense still, though, from a money angle because uh, of how big the fan bases are for Dallas and for Washington. Right. No, I mean, and I get it, but I do, I do like the way that they handle the Thursday night football games. Yeah. Every Everybody... single team gets a Thursday night football game. Yeah. Give us every single team on Monday. Give us every single team on Sunday. Every fan base deserves. Well, the fans deserve to have their team in prime time. Right, the fans deserve it, but it's never going to happen because but, of the but money. But don't right. give us Browns Jaguars on Monday night or on Sunday night. Right, give us like Browns Patriots, so we're at least interested in one of the teams. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think we'll even see anything like that just because of uh, no one's going to watch it. Right. So and with it, the, with the ratings being the way they are, anyways. When we talk about the fans and 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 what the fans deserve, and I'm real, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's last on the list of what the NFL no, cares cares about. <laughs> so I was I was going to ask, do you, do you think that last night's game is maybe the stepping stone to uh, rebuilding? rebuilding the uh viewership with the nfl getting those two good teams on in a primetime matchup yeah i'd like to see the ratings for it um i think a lot of people had fun watching that game it was a very exciting game it was a good matchup finally you know it was a not only was it a division rivalry but it was between two really good teams yeah i I mean i i didn't watch it i watched the highlights but uh when I was watching the highlights, I, I, I was thinking to myself, dang, I wish I had uh, tuned in and watched this because it looked like a really good game. And honestly, I 
I really like to watch Ezekiel Elliott run. I do too. Um, oh yeah, he's incredible. He, he is something really special. He's always incredible. I did. I did get to watch uh, after the Cubs game was over. I flipped over to see if I could still catch anything, and I, I was surprised to see they were in overtime. Um, and uh, I did get to see from the fourth and one play until the end of the game. Yeah, um, I mean that was a good play. <laughs> so, hey Philly defense, you guys know J- Jason Witten still exists, right? Because yeah. Feel like you forgot about him on that last play. Yeah, Jason Witten. I've always been a huge fan. He's a monster. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've talked. Yeah, we've talked about him on the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it it, it kind of seemed like he just teleported into the end zone and appeared there. <laughs> Nobody even noticed. <laughs> yeah. He had two. He uh, Jason Witten had t- uh, two catches for sixteen yards. Uh, uh, and a touchdown, you know. Yeah. They didn't use him a lot. They u- but when they used him, it was a touchdown. It just seems like Prescott <laughs> is not comfortable with him, and I don't get that because well, I think I think what it is is they they keep him in more to block now. Yeah, as he's he's gotten. Yeah, he might be. He huge. may have he may have lost a step. Uh, he's still a very effective blocker. Yeah, and, so he's a huge part of Ezekiel Elliott's game if right. he can block. And and every once in a while, you'll see him slip out and get into the seam and and catch a pass. Yeah, no, I think that's a good thing uh, that that he can still block. He doesn't exactly need to catch. It's funny. <laughs> now we expect tight ends to catch every single ball. Uh, thank you, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, we I'm expect good. all these t- and Rob Gronk. We expect all these tight ends to be catching these balls all the time, and that was the big thing about Jimmy Graham was that he can't block. But here we have Jason Witten, who's playing like a tight end, where he'll block when he needs to, and then what's happening is Ezekiel Elliott is ripping off these huge runs. And that's that's you know not that's not saying that Jason Witten is involved in every single Elliott run, but what that is saying is that you can trust people across the entire offensive line to block for Ezekiel Elliott. Right. You can even trust your star tight end. They're the best Dude. offensive line in football right like put jimmy no Gra- question put jimmy graham in uh jason witten's spot and w- i would love to see what happened to elliot's production uh, it would obviously go down because what that would do is it would limit elliot to running certain plays in certain directions and as soon as you do that a defense you know they know what your limits are your limitations are and they're going to put guys there or if it- you have jason witten who can block you're going to have elliot going into more lanes or or it would limit jimmy graham's snaps he wouldn't play as much because ezekiel elliot is equally as talented Right. Uh, when he's got the ball in his hands. And then when when you see Jimmy Graham's not in the game, you know, hey, it's probably a run. Eric is either, uh, Eric or producer is either fixing something or making origami. And we really want to know. Thank you. Oh, he got a, he got a delivery. <laughs> I thought I, I, th- I saw the scissors and I thought he was cutting some. Oh, there was, uh, speaking of deliveries, uh, I mean, it's not really a delivery, but it is something I've got out in the car that I'm going to hang in the studio. It's, uh, when I was at the Columbus Blue Jackets game uh, a couple weeks ago when they played the Chicago Blackhawks, they handed out the game programs. And, uh, usually the Columbus game programs are, are kind of thick booklets. This one wasn't, it was actually one sheet, but that's because it unfolds into a Sergei Bobrovsky poster. Oh yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky. And I'm going to get that. I'm going to go get that after the show and hang that up in the studio and it's going to be great because we love Bobo. We love Bobo. 
But anyways, so back to sports. Yeah. Ball. So we we're uh, we we're talking about tight ends, and so we're gonna use that to segue into the game that David's been dying to talk about. God. Tyler Eifert. Oh yeah. Uh, nine catches for 102 yards. I know he was back against Cleveland, but they didn't really put him in as much as everyone was expecting. So this is really his, yeah, his he, first real game back. Yeah, and, he's back back yesterday. Yeah, um, yep. so he was over 100 with a touchdown. Uh, A.J. Green doing it again. That Nine game, catches for 121 yards. That game ended 24 hours ago. It did. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> on, uh, on the Washington side of things, Kirk Cousins, 458 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, one of them going to uh, uh, Jamison Crowder. The other one going to Jordan Reed. Um I've not said the score of this game yet. It was twenty-seven to twenty-seven in overtime, and uh, the, the the for those of you keeping score at home, that's a tie. That is a tie. That's a tie. So David and I had an issue, and this isn't this isn't because it was a tie. Whatever. Yeah, because we love ties. The game ended the way that it ended. That was not our issue. Ties happen every week. We had one last week. Our our issue. Is that I, I was sitting there at my house watching the game. David was sitting there at his house watching the game. We were mm-hmm. texting back and forth, talking about it, talking about some other stuff. Yeah, it's overtime. I was excited. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we got an overtime game in London. Yeah. These people are probably excited. The first one ever for them. 68,000 yeah. or however many fans out there get to see overtime football. And, then, and I, I was wondering, they put they, they put some stats up and you know they're talking about the overtime rules. And I'm thinking like, how confused are London fans right. about these rules because they're expecting the kickers to line up and just keep <laughs> kicking field goals until somebody misses. Right. Yeah, because we don't, you know, the conf- like we get the rules obviously by now, but still in the United States, NFL fans are like overtime rules. Remind me again, exactly. That's all, you know, they put all that up there, and I'm like, clap my hands. Here we go. Yep, ready then, for some overtime. And then Kurt Menefee pops up on the screen, the you know the the lead guy for Fox's pregame and postgame shows, and he tells us that we're going to our local games instead of finishing this overtime game. NFL, what the heck? He he says those are the rules. Yes, he, he pretty told- much says straight up. He says he, he says, says don't f- tweet at us. Yes. Yes, he's, he yeah, he says don't tweet at us. These are the NFL rules. He didn't seem happy. He had a happy face on and he was doing his job well. He knew we were mad. But but he he he, he made sure to say that don't tweet at us. These are the NFL rules. Yeah. Don't kill the messenger, but you don't get to watch this overtime game. You don't this game that started at 9:30 in the morning on the East Coast where both teams are based. Yeah. You have Cincinnati fans, you have Washington fans who have to get up at nine in the morning to watch this game. And one of my very best friends is a Bengals fan and she got up to watch this game. Now, luckily for her, she lives in Columbus. Right. And so she was able to get coverage. She was able to watch the game through. But Cincinnati fans live in Toledo too. Cincinnati fans live in California. Washington has one of the biggest fan bases there is. So they're probably pretty spread out too. And to have this game get cut off so that we can watch the Jets and the Browns or the Texans and the Lions. Yep. It switched to Texans and Lions Texans on our and TV. Lions for us. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to watch the Texans and the Lions. Are you yeah. kidding me? And I'm sorry. It it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. None of this is my team. It does not matter. If that was a Packers-Lions game that they were cutting to, I still would have been angry that I didn't get to watch the overtime period of the game that it's, I had already – I had invested three hours of my time into this game, and you're telling me, right. oh, sorry, yeah. you don't get the payoff. Yeah, you, well, and it's it's 
it's the end of a game versus the beginning of a game. The most important time in the game versus the least important time in the game. This leads into another thing that irritates me. When games start at night, they think that it is more important for the West Coast to see the beginning of Monday Night Football than it is for the East Coast to see the end of Monday Night Football. Yeah, well, games are usually won in the first 12 seconds. Exactly. Everybody knows <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. No, yeah, I don't get that either. Yeah, but no. it's just the the game yesterday was it was infuriating because I was I was actually excited for overtime. I, I was too. I, I was like I, I like I I texted Michael you know, how confused are London fans right now? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I remember saying something to somebody just about, about how, like, uh, you know, how, Oh, it's great. It's great that I don't get to see this thrilling finish. Right. Uh, not that there was one, you know, hindsight, they tied the game. Hey, it was still pretty thrilling with the missed 34 yard yeah. field goal. But like, regardless, I was anticipating being able to watch a thrilling finish to this overseas, very high profile game being the only thing on television, being yep. the only NFL game played in another continent. Uh, it's something you'd think most people would want to watch. You make such a big deal about this game. You send the Bengals, who were good last year. You send Washington, who's good this year over there to do it it's it's a game that people are going to want to tune in and watch and then you do this to us well and and so now think about it this way this is the only game this was nationally televised everybody in the country who has a tv got this game yeah could you imagine if monday night football were just like oh nope time for sports center to start right sorry guys oh sorry we went over <laughs> not you're not going to get to see this yeah. this uh this drive to tie the game it's the sorry rule. it's the rules it, it's it, it it's silly to me it doesn't make any sense why ridiculous. they would do this. And another thing, and yes, this wouldn't solve the problem for everybody because not everybody has cable and not everybody has the cable package that gives you this. But Fox has a sports channel, Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Start the Lions – start the start the, the, uh, the local games, the Lions for us, on Fox Sports 1. Let people flip over there because I tell you what, most people are not going to flip. And was there not a contingency plan at all for this? That's what I'm no, – probably like, not. You guys had no plan at all for the game going to overtime? Or you just didn't care. Those these are the only two scenarios that could possibly possibly exist. You didn't think it would ever go to overtime, which is a stupid idea to have because that's what happens with games sometimes. And the only other possibility is you didn't care. I'm so, assuming they so, didn't care. Yeah. So NFL, like, tell us you were either too dumb to think that this game could go to overtime, or you did not give a crap that we wanted to watch it. There are no, there's no other explanation. They that, did, that, that's it. They did have a plan. It was. Cut to the 1 p.m. games. Yeah, cut to the 1 p.m. games because yeah. they didn't care. Yeah, that that was what you guys. That that's it. You did not care that people wanted to watch the end of that game. I mean, let's think about how that game could have ended. You know, there could have been a 98 yard, you know, <laughs> touchdown pass that right. we all got to not see. It's just it's. There could there could have been a safety to win the game. Yeah, I, I, safeties are exciting no matter what. It could have been an interception. There could have been a fumble. There right. could have been there could have been a fifty six yard field goal. There could have been so many interesting things that happened. I mean, you don't get to say, "Oh, they tied." Who cares? Because you guys didn't know that when you switch coverage on right. us. Right. Yeah. The the fact that it ended a tie does not change our outrage about this situation. Yeah, and I guarantee you, the NFL, the way they're going to fix this problem. Next London game is going to be an 8 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, yeah, they're just going to make you wake up earlier so that you don't miss your game. That's how they're going to fix this. Cause, cause, and that leads us back to what, what we said we think the answer is. They don't care. Exactly. NFL, you don't care. Because unfortunately, 
if it's our team, we're going to get up early. They'll still get their money. It. They'll still get their money. Yep, because yeah, so. they don't care. Yeah, so we're we're pretty we're pretty peeved about that move. We really would have liked to have seen the end of that game. I don't care that it was a tie. I still would have loved to have seen the end of that game. Yeah. This is this it's is why I was up. Yeah, I mean, people know me. David and I were out until three in the morning the night before. Yes, we were, and people know me. I do not get up. No, in any morning. No, we we were especially out, not Sunday morning. We were out till three. 3 a.m. the night before, uh, taking in a production of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Heck yeah, it was we, awesome. Yeah, we support our local arts. We got a great, we got a great local art scene in yeah. Toledo. It, it was amazing. Yeah, it was oh. a, it's a shadow. It was one of the shadow casts, which is a pretty popular thing where uh, a cast will go up and act out the film in front of the film playing, and nobody really knows what's going on because uh, the audience just screams callbacks yeah. the entire time. And it's a, it's a phenomenon that started. Uh, pretty much right after the movie came out in yeah. the 1970s. Well, the movie was a dud when it came out. Yeah, it was, and and it's actually this kind of this kind of that atmosphere that kept the movie alive, I think, in a lot of ways. But yeah, we were up till 3 a.m. doing that. And we and both got up to watch this game. We were both up to watch this football game, and we were so jazzed. And we got cheated. Yep. Yeah, so. we got cheated pretty hard. Uh, you can all tell that this is the most animated we've been about any segment on this show to date. And yeah. It, it has really struck a chord with both of us. And I try to understand these things. I'm always somebody who sits back and says, okay, what about this and what about that? And like, but I, there's no logical explanation. But I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's no logical explanation for why they, for why they did this to us. And it, it feels like, it feels like a personal slight. Yeah, I'm taking this personally. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I have every right to. Yeah, no, it was a crap. It was a crap decision. It's to assume like, oh, Cincy fans only live in Cincy, right? Yeah, Washington. Uh, like, okay, I okay, yeah, Cincy's a smaller market. So, like, this is the part of me that wants to understand it, and I say, oh, this team is a smaller market. I guess I get it. But is Washington? No, no. Washington. Is Washington a smaller market? Uh, you know, we've, I don't think so. We've gone and visited my my in-laws out in out in Phoenix. I've seen Redskins fans in Phoenix, a ton of them too. I went to a sports bar out there the one time while we were out there. There was a table of probably 13 or 14 Redskins fans. Those were the only 14 Redskins fans outside they're of they're, DC. That's it. That's it. So, that's it. So they're the only ones that got screwed. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I feel better now, I guess. Yeah, Washington's usually like in the top 10 of the media market and then you did this crap. It just it blows my mind. It was if and if it was if it was for money, then you made a bad choice there too. Right. Because how many Washington Redskins, how many Washington, you know, fans uh, do you think not living in that area turned off the game of yeah. whatever area they were in? How many Washington fans living in Cleveland uh, turned turned the TV off? Right. Yeah. yeah they, they 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 turned off their their TVs and they went and they you know did stuff around the house. They they cooked or cleaned or built something in their garage or, or went back to bed or yeah. went back to bed. <laughs> if I didn't have things to do yesterday, I probably would have. What if it was a Washington fan in California yeah. who right. had to get up at four in the morning to watch this football game? As I'm going. Much as I love uh, sports. I don't think I'd ever do that. I'm but. going back to bed. You know, yeah. you do that to me. Yeah. Gosh. Oh. Anyways, we're All not right. crazy. We're yeah. not crazy about that. We can talk. Uh, we can talk about the game. <laughs> More if you want. No, I think we can hop into hockey now. It was, it was a tie. So. It was, yeah, it was a tie. Speaking but. of ties and how much we miss them, here comes hockey. Yeah. <laughs> no, really though. Ties, ties, ties are great. Ties are great. Right. Um, going into hockey, we're gonna talk about Sidney Crosby here. Are we? Yeah. 
Is he, he uh, good? Is he good? Well, he missed the first few games of the season with uh with a concussion, but oh. he's uh he's come on hot since he's been back. He's got what three goals in four games? Uh, I think it's more than that. I think it's actually uh, is it three or is it four goals in three games? Hmm. Uh, well, it's it's a number of goals, that's for sure. It's a number of goals and a number of games. Yeah, no, Sidney Crosby has come back and already uh, it is four goals. In three games, Sidney Crosby has four goals, one assists. He's a plus one. Uh, two of those goals are power play goals. One of those goals is a game-winning goal. He's doing very well in his three games back from a concussion, and uh, that's really great. To, that's really great to see. Right. I mean, um, he's someone who's had the concussion issues in the past, and at times when he's come back from them, he's looked like a different player. Yeah. I mean, still one of the greater players, but... He always comes back and does something. Uh, I, I think it's... Uh, I find it annoying with uh, whenever Crosby's out for a concussion. I find it annoying that people uh, like to deride him as though concussions are, are like scrapes to the knee. Right. But uh, no, a concussion is when you have an injury to your brain, which is the organ in your body responsible for doing virtually everything for you. Right. As, or, uh, and as someone who's had... A number of concussions, as you can attest. Yes, I can. Um, I remember doling out most of them. They are not fun. No, concussions suck. <laughs> I still get headaches. Tom still gets headaches. And you just, you don't feel right. Yeah. And then if if you if you want to you know play the tough guy and go right back to to your full contact sport you'll be dead by 50 the slightest tap to the head can can cause another concussion yeah. and it's not a good thing yeah so we're we're usually in defense of Crosby when it comes to we're in, well we're in defense of most players any player who gets a concussion it doesn't matter if it's a guy that we really like or a guy that we really can't stand I mean um, you know classically players that I can't stand are, are guys like like uh, Dan Carcillo and Aaron Asham and uh, Sean Avery, but that's their job for you to not stand them. Right. But if Sean Avery, who you know, who really gets under my skin, if he'd got a concussion uh, and people were making fun of him for it, I'd be like, um, "That's not cool, you yeah, guys." No. Because concussions. Did you say Sean Avery? I did say Sean Avery. Michael left the uh, left the studio for a moment, but he, but he he came running back when he heard Sean Avery's name because that's his favorite hockey player of all time. Oh, you isn't, know it, isn't that right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, w I cried for weeks when Dallas got rid of him. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, Crosby uh, had another concussion. It's no joke, but he's back from it, and he's still no joke because in it's three... It's not a joke because I hear a lot of jokes about it. Yeah. He's in three games back from that concussion. He's got four goals. He's already, uh, you know, he's got five points, and he's uh, working on, an, on another uh, he's, great He's already season. up to fifth on his team in points Yeah, in just those three games. Well, that's because he's the best forward right now. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, could be. <laughs> I mean, there are other explanations. Maybe he cries so much that they feel bad, and yeah. they let him score. No, it, it astonishes me the amount of hate that the good players get. I mean, uh, you know, people hate Brady, people hate Crosby, mm -hmm. but uh, man, Crosby—he's such a special talent. You can't deny it. You're you're fooling yourself if you try to say that he—he's only good because of this or that. Have you no, noticed, he's good because he's a good hockey player. Have you noticed that it doesn't happen in baseball? I don't see. Yeah, I don't see that yeah. much in baseball either. Nobody really gets on. Uh, well, in baseball, when you see a guy doing well, you you just say steroids. But 
Right. It doesn't have an impact but so much anymore. Nobody talks about Mike Trout the way that they talk about Crosby or no. Brady or LeBron. That's because no. for the most part, baseball players tend to be more subdued. The coverage of baseball, since there are so many uh, more games, the coverage of each game is much more subdued. Yeah. Well, a lot of it's the fans, too, though. I mean, like, you know. The fans also much more subdued until, you know, the playoffs come and Unless you're Columbus fans, then you're just subdued all the time. But it's true. We love them. Well, we also, uh, you know, we also love that Crosby's back because the league is not right when Crosby's out. The league isn't right when any of these big players, uh, you know, go out. Yeah. It, if you, Crosby's out, if uh, Subban, you know, uh, anybody Ovechkin. like that, yeah, Ovechkin's uh, out. Last year during the playoffs, when Stamkos had that uh, blood clot. Oh yeah. Watching that, the Lightning was not quite as fun. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see them. Uh, pull off the success that they did without Stamkos, but you don't want these big-name players to be out, and you don't want to make fun of concussions because, no. man, they... I think it because it's a brain injury and it's not on the outside, people think that, you know, you can just think your way through it. Right. You can't. You can't think your if way I through concentrate it. concentrate really hard. Because you know why? It's a it's an injury to your brain, which does the thinking. Yeah. Anyways, that's Sidney Crosby. We we spent a lot of time talking about Sidney Crosby. That's yeah. because we actually <laughs> like Sidney. We Crosby. really do like Sidney Crosby. So you should too. Yeah. But you don't have to. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're just going to tell you what we like to do. And we're going to tell you that you're wrong for not liking Sidney Crosby. Yeah. But you can still not like. Him. It's, I don't. It's care. your choice to be wrong. Be wrong if you want. I'm not going to stop you. What else happened in hockey since we just spent 10 minutes on Sidney Crosby uh, and why you shouldn't make fun of him? We're going to stay on the Penguins because our fan base is going to love it. Oh, boy. Evgeny Malkin scored his 300th goal. Yes, he did. Yeah, Evgeny Malkin hits a milestone. Yeah. Hey, what Another, did I say? What did I say? I love that guy. Heart trophy? Yeah, Tom did, heart say, trophy? Tom did say heart trophy. Malkin is such an incredible player. Another another guy plagued by injuries over the past few years. Yeah, a couple years ago he missed, and that kind of kept them out of the playoffs. Yeah, it's Crosby with his head. It's Malkin with everything else. <laughs> neck it, down. Yeah, neck down. I think they split the duties on injuries. I believe, well, I believe they, they refer to any injury above the head as an upper body injury. <laughs> Anything below the, the neck is a lower body injury. I feel, I feel like... Um, I feel like uh, Malkin and Crosby sort of like split the duties when it comes to injuries to stars. They're, you know? they're never out at the same time. Yeah, Crosby's like, I'll just take all the shots to the head. Why not? And Malkin's like, all right, I, I've, I've got a big body. I can handle all the other breaks and bruises. And so, so yeah. But yeah, Yevgeny Malkin, not injured. Nope. Pulls off his 300th goal. We're all really happy about yep. that. Can Congratulations we to him. Yeah, two weeks in a row, he gets really good mile. Well, everybody's always hitting milestones, but we get a milestone from a big name player right. really great hockey and, and player in all three cases guys that we really like yeah we yeah, we've talked about our love for yamir yager we all like marion hosa and there's you know there's not a single one of us here that has anything bad to say about Evgeny malkin no, so. malkin's a beast as much as i'd like to them being in my division yeah you just can't hate malkin i can't hate i can't hate their their skill and their talent and you know they're not out there just being jerks to everyone either. Right. Yeah, Malkin's not gooning, and he's he's a huge guy. But but again, they don't shake hands with people, so we should hate them forever. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I'm man. We should stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, discussing the the injuries for Malkin, uh, you know, a lot of lower body injuries for him. Someone someone else who's dealing with a lower body injury, uh, Thomas Vanek for Detroit. The, yeah, the surprisingly good Detroit over the last few games. Um, yeah, they've been doing all right. Well, six, uh, six, they, and, six and one in the last seven, right? Well, yeah, they are six, four, and oh, 
yeah. this season. And they just they, six game winning streak, right? Yeah, they just lost two in a row. I thought was it two in a row? Yeah, they lost to Florida. Oh, yeah. And I, then before that, that, yeah, they lost to Florida yesterday, five to two. Oh, okay. Well, yes, I I will admit my attention was not on hockey yesterday with the <laughs> Packers and Cubs both playing. Yeah, like you guys have to understand, and you know we hate saying that we don't pay attention or we didn't follow this or that, but like you have to understand the Cubs are in the World Series. You yeah. know he's <laughs> there are reasonable priorities right here. Well, and, and those of, those of you that follow us on on the social media pages. Um, uh, may have seen we are we are tweaking the way that we handle things a little bit here at ballpark bros um we're each kind of taking a beat uh i'm gonna cover the basketball part of that with the nba and the college ball david's gonna take over the hockey be uh you know be it the men or women's whatever he's posting about that day and tom is gonna take over the football coverage both college and nfl so we're gonna try to get get on it individually so that we can bring you a better product overall yeah, it's you know it's a bit of an organizational thing for us, but it's a it's a bit of a way to ensure that we're getting a, a you know it might it's not going to be an exactly equal number of things co- coming right. out, but you're you know you're you're going to get the things. And if you know uh, if, if one of us is solely focused on one of the sports, instead of trying to stretch ourselves thin and watch this game and this game and this game and this game and this game, we can watch the games in our selected sport yeah. and catch up on the highlights. Of the other sports, and that'll give us a better, you know, a better way to bring bring the news and scores to you guys. So, but yeah, um, going back to Detroit, uh, they were doing pretty good, but then they just had they had these two division losses in a row. The other one was a one nothing uh, shutout in uh, in Detroit, right, uh, against Boston. Um, they didn't play poorly in that game. They well, just... it was weird. It was a I watched that game, and it was a frustrating game. Um, uh, that word came up a lot during the during the telecast. Steve Ott, um, it, it was speared Chara in a very not nice place. Yeah, so, see, he did something mean to him. But you know, it's Boston to Detroit, and it's always going to be a, a brutal game. But it, it was frustrating in that, like, both teams seem to be having a lot of trouble getting things going, getting offense going. Um, Jimmy Howard's been really good lately. Uh, we'll probably only say that today. Yeah, <laughs> because everybody knows Jimmy Howard. You know, biases aside, Jimmy Howard eh, wasn't worth the money. No, <laughs> and you know he's he's he he's, has he has a little bit too many downs and his ups and downs. He's, but uh, he's still got time to to uh, prove that he was worth the money. But, but yeah, he, he had he did have a good game against Boston. I thought. I mean, it was a one nothing game. That's a close, very very close game. Um, but yeah, I watched that whole thing and it just seemed frustrating uh, to me. Uh, well, it seemed frustrating for these players that. nothing was really happening the puck was just getting bounced around a lot um nobody could seem to really really generate anything in that game uh but yeah the i mean the wings are now uh six and three two of those losses six and four two of those losses coming within the pat yesterday and the day before they are still number two in the atlantic though they are uh, um, but uh, every team in the Atlantic has one or two games in hand. Yeah, so uh, you know it's it's an interesting start for Detroit. They got they got those really good young players. Yeah, Tatar is so much fun. Uh, Larkin is so much fun um, to watch. You know, I, uh, it's we've seen we've watched Detroit transform. Um, you know, gone completely gone are the days now of Lindros or uh, Lit. <laughs> uh, nope. Sorry, everybody. Nope. Lindstrom. 
we're gonna get hate mail now. No, that was a speech error, and I'll give you a uh, lecture on that. If you send me any hate mail, I'll give you a lecture that's gonna bore you to death. It's a linguistics thing. We're gonna get down. I've had this lecture. I um, met I met Lidstrom. I didn't I didn't say his name wrong there uh, on purpose. Uh, you know. Uh, in, in ways that people haven't shaken his hand on, on accident as well. <laughs> we got to stop. <laughs> got to stop. But no, uh, uh, yeah, no, the thing uh, the thing is we don't have Lidstrom. We don't have all these other big-name players that we've had in, in Detroit for so long that were part of those cup victories and stuff like that. We've got a completely new Detroit Red Wings hockey team that's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Tom and I are going up to a game couple of weeks so looking forward to that gonna see them take on the lightning oh you're going to see lightning yeah, yeah that's cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah, Tom I, and I happen to have the same night off work and yeah figured why not yeah so. no that's gonna be fun i saw the lightning last year down in columbus and that was a whole lot of fun yeah uh, this will actually uh It'll be my last trip up to the Joe. Yep. Yeah, I may. Maybe not. Might not be mine. Um, I may go up there for the Stars game later this month. Yeah. I would would love to go up there for the Devils game, but it's the very last regular season game. Tickets are already $170 before the fees. And those are the ones that are directly behind the pillars. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to get up there. uh, I would like to get up there one or two times a season because this is the last year for Joe Louis Arena. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Before. uh, Ballpark today. Uh, oh. Before uh, before the the before the Red Wings move uh, across the highway into that brand new facility, um, which I'm really pumped for that too. I, I mean, they'll they'll have actually all four of their teams downtown very soon. Yeah, yes, because yep. the, uh, the the Detroit. Pistons are in the works to move downtown. Yep, it's gonna be great. That's very exciting for me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really excited. The area is gonna look a little nicer. Yeah. You're gonna have all your teams right there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We might rip on Detroit here, but we want Detroit to be better. Yeah, we do rip on Detroit. We rip on <laughs> we do we rip on the Red Wings and the Lions pretty hard. I, I think, but uh, but I I do love watching the Red Wings. Like I was at a game last year. I saw the Kings there uh, last year. It was a Detroit victory. Got uh, I love seeing the the younger guys there because we're not you're not used to seeing those names. You used to, you still think of Detroit as being those older names. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can't think talk of about Hall, the Red Wings without talking about those guys. Chelios and all these guys and Hashik and just all those and McCarty, you know, and Draper. You've got like that that world class team that won those cups. Um, but you're not looking at that team anymore. You're looking at at a transformed Detroit Red Wings uh, squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about the streak for the playoffs with them and everything. I oh, do yeah. believe it comes to an end this year. I know they're in second place right now, but I, I kind of believe it comes to an end this year. But I think it's going to be, in the long run, I think it's going to be a very good thing yeah. for these young players. Because if you get that success right off the bat, you you don't know how to deal with the, uh, with the hardship. Yeah, which is kind of what you're seeing with the Cubs in the World Series right now. I don't know that I, I don't know uh, that they'll miss the playoffs honestly i can't say that detroit's gonna miss the playoffs i think they're a pretty good team at six and four um you know i think they have what it takes to keep playing i mean many of these guys were on the team last year when they went to the playoffs. i just keep expecting jimmy howard to revert yeah i guess is what it boils down well, to. every time he reverts they still somehow make it yeah so but uh, it's a long season still a lot of hockey left to go um but on the you know on the other side of things in the west just as surprising as them being up there the minnesota wild six two and one yeah what's going and on the edmonton oilers seven and two yeah two teams that i don't think any of us thought were going to be no, leading but, division after a week a week and a half leading the division no i i did project the oilers to make the playoffs this year um i i thought for sure it would be a wild card 
Um, there's a lot of hockey. It's still maybe, but right. They're but still looking very, very good. 14 points. They've got a they've got a plus 10 goal differential. Yeah. yeah. No, they're killing it. Uh, I I love watching Edmonton. I've watched a few games already. Well, um, I watched last night's game against my Senators, and I was very happy to see Edmonton not be successful in any way. Right. Uh, but uh, but no, Edmonton. Edmonton's kind of a surprise. Um, you know, you know the pieces are kind of there now, but uh, to actually see them pulling off these games, right. they're seven and two. One of those losses coming uh, as recently as just yesterday. And actually, that was that was actually a, just a very great win for the senators there yeah i do want to talk uh, about that yeah yeah so the thing yeah the thing with the the thing with the senators winning yesterday uh they won the game two to two to nothing in a shutout and it was uh craig anderson ottawa's goaltender had taken a leave of absence from the team uh he went he he went home for some personal during the during the previous game yeah he left he left during the game uh for uh some personal matters and he he came back and it turns out that his wife has has been diagnosed with cancer um, which is just terrible, terrible, terrible news for us to hear. Um, it's 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 awful for you know just anybody to hear that. It's awful for a goaltender like Craig Anderson to have to deal with that, uh, and for his family and everything right now. And and he he went home and and they're they're in the early stages of figuring out what this is. And uh, he he had talked to uh, he had talked to the GM. And uh, uh, they talked about him coming back for last night's game. And he comes back for last night's game, and he puts up what a thirty-seven yeah. save yep. shutout. And uh, it on was actually, the road, it was his wife that said, yeah. uh, "Go, go, play this game," um, because they were actually heading back to Ottawa anyway. Yeah. And so he goes and he plays the game and he gets the shutout. And then at the end of the game, there you see him just kind of put his head down and kind of break down a little bit. Yeah, he had, it was it was rough. Like all, all he he had that shutout, and I think it was when you saw the empty net goal uh, go in. Yeah. Um, where you know he just he he had this flare, like he pumped his fist yeah. and kind of went down to his knees. He was so excited that they got that he he knew that he he knew they got the win. That's what he was concerned with. Yeah. Craig Anderson wasn't looking for the shutout so much as he was looking for the win. And when you see that empty net go in, seconds left in the game, and you've got a two-goal lead, he was so excited to see that, to see that the win was preserved. you know. And then on top of that, to get the shutout was really special for him. And, and all the players, all the Ottawa players coming over the net, now they're always going to come up and give you a hug and, and you know. A little stick tap. And, and touch your helmet yeah. to yours when you win a game and this when you and when you win a shutout. But, like, you you got players saying things to him, and you can you can tell that what they're saying is significant, and that he's hearing it because you know Craig Craig looked really really emotional, and I can't even imagine what that was like to have to play that game, uh, face all those shots, face 37 shots from an Edmonton Oilers team that won't stop. I mean, this is th- this was a seven and one Edmonton Oilers last night in at home who went up against Craig Anderson and Craig Anderson shut them down. Yeah. Craig Anderson isn't isn't always the best goaltender in the world. He's like I, I can imagine it. You as a Senators <laughs> fan, he's very frustrating to yeah. watch. I you know I understand a, that. Yeah, I watch him all the time, and he drives me nuts with his play sometimes. And I just I just don't get it. And I always say he's not he's not the number one. He's not the number one. Hey guys, what's bad goaltending? Yeah, I don't know. Shut up, Tom. 
<laughs> well, Craig Anderson's good goaltending led but, to him being named one of the three stars yeah. of the week. Him, Devin Dubnik from Minnesota, and Montreal's Shea Weber. Yeah, so we got two goalies uh, uh, winning that honors. Yeah, so went getting a getting a star this week. Good good week for them. Yeah, I was really I was really happy to watch that game. Obviously, being a Senators fan, but just you know, for Craig Anderson, I, I you know anybody who knew, who knew what was going on with Anderson, we didn't actually know what was going on with Anderson until yesterday. Right. You know, it was it was it's a personal matter. It's a personal matter, and it's kept under wraps because it's a personal matter. And uh, we're just like, okay, well, hopefully everything's all right. And then we he comes back, and we hear this news, and that really, 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 really sucks. Yeah. Uh, to see him come out and play his heart out like that was really cool. Um, you know, obviously, real life is still going to go on, though. And, you know, we, we, we hope uh, for the best with that situation. Right. You know, we hope that it's something that's treatable and everything like that. But, uh, you know, props to him for playing that game like that. Yeah. So, well, we are going to stick on hockey for basically the remainder of the show. We're going to hop into our ballpark of the week, uh, which, as I mentioned, is going to be Joe Lewis Arena. Uh, But before we dive into this, I do, again, want to say thank you to Mike Schroyer, owner of Sean's Irish Tavern here in Toledo, uh, for being on the show today. And we were going to have another guest for you guys. But things did not work out. Um, So... Thank you to my friend Mel, who was going to be here uh, for agreeing to do it. Just a couple of difficulties prevented that. But again, thank you to Mike. I uh, loved having you on the show, and hopefully we can have you back soon. Yeah, Mel uh, had been to a couple of games, uh, a couple of the games in Cleveland, games one and two, and and we were, yeah, we, um, you know, sh- we got to talk to her uh, about that experience. Yeah, we're, uh, uh, we're gonna try to get and, her on the show, early, yeah, uh, next week, yes, hopefully. Um, yeah, so we're gonna shoot for her to get on here again to be, be able to talk about that experience. Yeah, um, for you because. You know, it's really good stuff. She got to see a win and a loss. Yep. So we're get we get we're gonna hear about that. Yeah. She's an Indians fan, so we'll get to hear the other side of that. Yep. That'll be fun. So hopefully, hopefully it'll work out next week, and we'll get her on the show. And uh, if not, we'll figure something out to get her story out there. Uh, you know, she had a she had a pretty good time and uh, got to do something pretty special that we'll let her talk about. But I'll let her do maybe a guest so, post uh, on the on the Facebook maybe we page. Can do that. Yeah, check out the Facebook page. See if uh, see if we can get that going. Um. I know. So Joe Lewis Arena, uh, we've all been there, and the barn they call it. I gotta, I gotta say, uh, compared to some of the other places I've been, it's kind of a hole, but it is a great place to watch a hockey game. Uh, the fans are so intense. Anytime you go there, you know who the home team is. Yeah, Detroit. There, there's no question about yeah, it. Yeah, Detroit fans don't screw around. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. The the stadium has been open since 1979, so it's it's definitely one of the older stadiums that we've got out there. You know, it's it's hosted the Red Wings the entire time. The Pistons actually did play one season there mm-hmm. back in 1985, um, and uh, the I want to say that the WNBA's shock got to use it here and there. Um. I may be wrong about that, um, but it may you know it may have been the WNBA Finals got. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that the WNBA played there. Uh, look at the list. It did host the 2006 WNBA they, finals. But yeah, between, they, between the Monarchs and the Shock. Yes, they yeah. hosted the finals. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was just Game Five. Oh, that's, it, yeah. It was only Game Five. That's interesting. Um, Weird. Yeah. So it's it hosted that. It, it it hosts all sorts of events, concerts, everything like that. Um, yeah, it's a fixture. It's uh, I you know, I'm not really sure where to begin with it. So when you get up into Detroit, it's right there, uh, right off the highway. You get into your parking structure, and you if you pick the one right there, you get to walk across the bridge, and the 
it's enclosed and it's it's so loud in there. The entire walk, every time I've ever been there, is nothing but let's go Red Wings. Yeah. The entire walk through. And it continues into the stadium and it continues until the puck drops. Yeah. And it it's this is gonna wind up being more about the fans than it is about the stadium itself. <laughs> well, there's not much to say <laughs> about the stadium, honestly. It's it's a it's an older stadium. It's uh it's very cramped in there. It's it, it's built to uh, be loud. But it was yeah. built. It was built in a different era, right? right. It, it it was originally built to hold nineteen thousand two hundred seventy five fans. Uh, they've expanded to twenty thousand twenty seven fans, and uh, that that was actually just recently too. Um, like within the last few years, they made the expansion. Yeah, two thousand fourteen. And now they're now they're getting this new this new arena right down by Comerica and Ford Field. Actually, um, they they went down from uh, they actually went down from two thousand uh, twenty thousand sixty six to twenty thousand twenty seven. Right. What um what did, why why did they do that? Do we know? I don't honestly know. No. Uh, probably just fixing up some seats, adding maybe adding some uh, accessibility uh, seating. Yeah, because that is like one the, of the yeah. things. Is it, 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 the the stadium uh, the seat the seating is really interesting. It's a very spread out kind of old old fashioned style stadium that uses up a little more space than these newer ones. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite features outside, you know, we've talked about Gordie Howe here and there. Um, the western entrance of the stadium is actually, I believe it's actually officially named the Gordie Howe entrance. Uh, and they unveiled a bronze statue of Howe in 2006 outside of the stadium. I love that statue. Is this the same? Which is the statue that's right inside the door uh, going up the big set of stairs? Maybe that's the good. Did they move it indoors? Is it that, or do they have a statue of Joe Lewis there? There's, oh, no, yes. No, How is inside. How, yeah, How is inside, and it's really cool. Yeah, so I, there's there's this huge set of stairs that you'll come up to go into uh, to go into Joe Lewis Arena, and as soon as you get in the doors, there's this really cool statue. Like, it's not just a statue of a guy. There's actually, uh, it's got some really cool features. The statue, it looks like it's in motion, yes. the way that it was designed, which is really cool. Hockey being such a fast-paced sport, um, the, you know, the, the artist that put this, that designed this thing, you know, you got, it's really hard to describe. You he's just have he's to making us. Okay. So he's, we'll post a picture on the Facebook yeah, we'll, we'll put the yeah, yeah, up, yeah, but he, yeah, He's yeah. making a slap shot and like, you can see in the movement that like pieces of the Jersey are flowing backwards as if they're in motion yeah. and there there's. It's like you uh, took a picture and it was a little blurry. Yeah, it's it's one of the most amazing sculptures I've ever seen as far as, as far as the the sports icons inside and outside of these stadiums. And yeah, everything. it's a great statue. Um, and uh, when when they unveiled it, it was one of the largest crowds they've ever had. Um, you know, I can only only imagine why. Um, but yeah, you walk in right to it uh, when you come in that set of doors, which yeah. is a pretty major set of doors. And it's uh, yeah, and like David said, it's up this huge staircase. Yeah, uh, you know. And I know we talk about it being cramped, and I know we talk about being old, but like when you walk in there and you're in the and you're in the hall, you're in the concourse and everything, like it's a really cool atmosphere. Yeah. Like it's 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 got interesting sight. Uh, in, there's interesting sights. Um, when you get in there, it, it, you know, it looks, it does look really cool. They've done, they've done their best to modernize it throughout the ages, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's a cool looking place. Um, not from the outside, but no, no. It's, it's not, it's not really a thing <laughs> it, to look at. It's your average stadium built yeah. in the seventies. That's yeah. Um, the, uh, one big thing when when things are going well for the wings you're gonna see an octopus or two yeah pretty much yeah. every game you're gonna see an octopus yeah don't um, under the ice now that happens in in some other venues but it's 
it's a Joe Lewis thing. Yeah. Like, you are guaranteed to see an octopus on and the it, ice. These are real octopi. This is like a real live, well, not live. Not live dead. This is, a, this is a once real live, now dead octopus from a can. Yeah. And it's on the ice. And that might sound disgusting to you. And, you know, yeah, it's a little weird, but it's tradition. Um, the, uh, the record for number of octopi or octopuses um 36 in one game and that was back in 1995 yikes <laughs> was this it has free been, octopus this day is, this has been going on since 1952 yeah this is a big thing in detroit to throw to throw an octopus onto the ice yeah. um, and so why is that you know i i really don't know how it started i oh i think it, it I, so okay i think the, it comes the down to the playoffs the number of playoff yes. wins necessary yes that's what it comes down to it comes, i don't know who started it though oh okay yeah so but the the eight arms are the number of wins necessary yes. at that time at the time at that time because yeah, the playoff structures change throughout the history of sport as it will with any sport right. but yeah at the time you needed a, a minimum of uh, eight to uh, win the stanley cup yes and octopus uh an octopus has eight tentacles and they throw it on the ice now detroit why do they do it at detroit and not uh, 30 other play at uh, 29 other places well detroit's an original six team yes they've been around since the inception they've so. been there forever detroit's been there forever they've got a lot of wins they've got a it's got a very rich history yeah um actually and so this became such a thing with with the red wings fans that the organization came up with a mascot this giant purple octopus and i did not know this until just recently that his name is al <laughs> named, oh. named after whom <sighs> not sure i've tried to it's uh the i believe it's the operations manager at one time i'm gonna look this up <laughs> al the octopus yeah no, uh the the joe the, it, it, yeah we, we okay it's it the manager l l sabatka okay l sabatka l sabatka is the name of the octopus all right then uh, yeah, so that that is one of my favorite things about it, and all of the Red Wings fans get into it. You might be like, ew, gross octopus, but if you're a Red Wings fan, what was that, Eric? You have something you want to say? <laughs> no? No. Are you sure? He's got to keep it to himself. All right. All right. Ba- back to Al the Octopus. So, I even, love the alliteration there. Octopus. Wait, there is, there is none. No. Even if there is that gross-out factor, if you're a Red Wings fan, you're gonna reach in, you're gonna grab that octopus, and you're gonna throw it. Yeah, no, I could, I could like, I could even see like the most vegan of Red Wings fans being like, <laughs> being like, uh, you know, it's the Joe. I gotta throw this octopus. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like they. I don't even. I don't even know if they would question it because it is. It really is like a, something that you can expect to see every single game. It's a tradition, and yeah, it's weird, but it's, I unfortunately it's, have never it's seen. Any. It's uh, actually it's it's, it's so cool. much of a tradition that it's trickled down to the to the minor league yeah. team, the Toledo Walleye, where yeah. you'll often see a walleye thrown onto the ice yep. after a goal. Yep, we'll throw and a, a fish. lot of has to do with a lot of walleye fans are Red Wings fans because of our proximity. Exactly. Well, we f- and our team feeds them. You know, the right. walleye is a minor league team for the Red Wings. Right. But yeah, I've been up there. I've been up there to the Joe uh, that it's it's known as coll- colloquially, um, and I've you know I've seen a, an octopus thrown on the ice uh um uh i was up there for uh uh on gordy howe's 80th birthday i was up there for his birthday celebration and they gave him a jacket and uh they also unveil they also gave him his 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 jersey the first jersey uh they gave number nine his number 17 hockey jersey gas because that's what he wore 
the anniversary of that gift to him actually was yesterday. Was it? Oh. Yes, it was. Uh, and I, I was really happy to be there for that 80th. Uh, I, I'm not a Detroit Red Wings fan. I know who Gordy Howe is, obviously, but I don't know his birthday. No. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't believe it was his actual birthday, but it was his birthday celebration. I didn't know that he was going to be there for that game that day. And so it was a real, tr- it was a real treat for, for us to see Gordy Howe come out there and accept that. And it was a really cool thing. His um, family is actually local. Um, yeah. I've been to, I've, I'd been to his house before. Yeah. We've, we, yeah. Yeah, we've um, yeah. we've uh, sort of have acquaintances. Yeah, they're sort yeah. of acquaintances. I, Every now and then, we I've, run into one of the house. I met him ever so briefly. Yeah, Tom here has uh, uh, played hockey in uh, one of his son's basements. Yeah. Well, I I didn't. I saw the the, the basement. Uh, uh, we didn't actually play there. Oh, uh, they didn't okay. play there. But he's got like an ice rink in his basement. Yeah, it's just a small, yeah. you know. Little little one, yeah. you know, yeah, just a, just a normal basement ice hockey rink that you know everybody has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I've been like the with a state with an arena that old. Like obviously, there are some bad things you could say, and some of the bad things are the seats. The seats they're cramped. <laughs> they're too close terrible. together. The um, seats were built when the average adult, uh, when when like the tallest man in America was like five seven or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like when you're six four, which I am. Yeah, men, and, of, uh, men of our size do not fit in these well, seats. It's, don't be so tall, everyone in this room. Yeah, yeah. Th- Thomas is the only person near average uh, height. In uh, average male height in this room, the rest of us are over six feet tall, um, and uh, it, it's cramped. I don't, I, you know, you don't have to be six foot tall to be cramped. No, I think a normal, an average person, man or woman, who goes to Detroit might be a little cramped in those seats. Um, and uh, they were made for slender people too. They were, yeah. I mean, it was, I'm not saying that you're. I'm not saying that you need to be fat to be cramped. I mean, you could just be average size now. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, yeah, you're looking for like slend. This is like slender man seating. Like you have to be, you know, you have to be a model or something to sit yeah. comfortably in these things. Uh, but uh, and then you know, there's another there's another thing at the Joe where you've got these pillars. Yeah, there's <laughs> many obstructed view seats. Uh, you have to be very careful when buying secondhand tickets. Luckily, well, luckily the pillars are really high up uh, at the back, mostly. Yeah, yeah. it's only in like the arena. One or two rows that but, are affected. Uh, that just happened to be the one or two rows that I uh, had seats for. Oh, I didn't last know you had ever had any of those. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to a game last year with uh, with uh, a friend, who, uh, a Red Wings fan. We went to see the Los Angeles Kings, and we had we didn't we didn't know this, but we had bought pillar seats and uh so that we moved obviously now the (laughs) the seats i said that this arena takes up more space it's not as steep as say nationwide no which is a newer arena it's not as steep as many of the other no it spreads out but because of that you're more likely to have a view obstructed by the person sitting in front of you yes and uh so we kind of we kind of did as much as we could with what we had. We actually sat up on our seat backs. I employed that same tactic at a game. So when when you're at the Joe, and I know that this sounds horrible to you, it sounds horrible to to people, but it, it can actually be really fun. Yeah, those it can, are the quirks that yeah, make it. It can a be ballpark that we want to talk about. Yeah, it can be really fun. So my my uh, my friend and I were there at this game, and we hated our seats, and we moved up to the back row that was against the wall so that we could sit up on our seat backs and not obstruct anyone behind us. And like the whole section was doing it and you would look down and you would see everyone doing it. And it it was, 
It was interesting because uh, you had people just like moving around for a view versus just sitting still in their seats, uh, which is kind of a unique thing. You don't really expect that. But, you know, we were able to do it and not like, you know, piss anybody off. Right. <laughs> we're able to do it to the which to is the very weird. easy to do in Detroit. So like like I said, it sounds like a terrible thing that you're like stuck behind a pillar and you got to figure out a way and that might involve sitting on your seat back. But it was kind of fun, too. It was an adventure. Well, and everybody there understands because everybody there. Yeah. Like, had one of those seats at one time or another. Yeah, it's a learning experience. I know. Like I've had bad experiences with Detroit fans, but I had Detroit fans here who were just like, "Oh yeah, hey, come sit over on this one." Right. Or you know, they're like, "Oh hey, you're not blocking me," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." But no, I have a picture that maybe I'll put up on the Facebook that I took uh, where I've got the pillar on my left, and then like I said, you might have bad sight lines because of the person in front of you. The guy that sat in front of me was wearing a massive cowboy hat. Oh man, <laughs> and it was obnoxious. It was an obnoxious cowboy hat, like. Most Why would cow- you do that? Most cowboy cow- guy, what is your problem? Yeah. yeah, most cowboy hats are obnoxious anyways. Uh, now you're in Michigan, uh, and not only that, but you're wearing it at a sporting event where it's already hard to see. So to the left of me, I've got this giant, and I, I don't mean pillar like you know, like it's a metal pole, a round metal pole. No, this thing is huge. This thing's yeah. like three feet. Big concrete. Like one face of this thing is going to be three feet. And so I've got this giant square cylinder to my left and I've got this giant cowboy hat in front of me. Yeah. But, you know, we moved. We found a better vantage point. We had a great time. It was a great game. It didn't matter that we uh, had a bad place to sit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, other than those pillar seats... It's all right viewing for the most part all the way around the stadium. Yeah, um, that's the thing. The sight lines are really great if you can see over. And the they've, guy they've got the they've got the video board thing in the middle and yeah. uh, you know tracking the action for you, so you can at least see that. And I know you know I'm here to watch it on the ice, but if you can still at least see that, at least you're still in the atmosphere of these very passionate and a lot of times very very fun. Even though I've had my issues with them in the past, very fun Red Wings fans. Yeah, I mean I've had my issues with a fan from every fan base. Right. Well, and I mean. But uh, when you cheer f- so hard for something, you're bound to butt heads at, at one time or another. And Detroit fans are some of the most passionate fans they there are. are. And their teams are successful a lot, too. So uh, their teams, you know, well, uh, by teams, I mean the Tigers and the Red Wings. But, uh, you know, the Red Wings having such a, a, a rich, uh, well, having such a recent, like, uh, successful history like with their stanley cup wins you know they've got that pretty recent one what was it in 08 yeah against pittsburgh and then they returned the next year so having gone to back to back and then being in the playoffs every year you're going to have these passionate fans who expect their team to do well they expect their team to be fighting and be competitive all the time and so you go to just any normal regular season game in detroit at at the joe and you're going to and you should expect these really passionate fans um and you know they sell out yeah uh, you know as long as i'm not they, rooting for the opposing team i don't yeah. mind being there with them <laughs> they, they that's another thing too like this arena that i've said has terrible seats and terrible this and terrible that sells out every game people go and it sells out twenty thousand and twenty seven mm-hmm. seats and that's pretty amazing and and i love that i i, I love that being in a stadium full of people I hate going to a game that's poorly attended. Columbus is bad. Yeah, but if you go to a Red Wings game, it'll always be very well attended. Yeah, and that's a great thing because you want to you want that noise. If you did, if you wanted poor attendance, you'd stay at home and watch it on your computer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll sit here and watch it by myself. You know, rather than go and watch it with thirty seven other.
other people. I was watching the Boston game the other day uh, on television, and it was taking place at the Joe, and that's a game that I had considered buying tickets to. And right, I'm yeah, we had discussed that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm watching the game, and I, and I like I felt bad. I was like, man, I want to be there. <laughs> like, like I don't have you know my whole life. It's not like I went to the Joe, and I'm like I've got these special feelings for it. But it is the Joe's last season, yeah. and it is something you want to experience and say, I got to say farewell to the Joe. That's yeah. kind of their campaign right now is, right. is farewell to the Joe. They're doing all these during like broadcasts on Fox Sports Detroit, they're doing these, uh, you know, highlights of, of special moments. Yeah, I caught uh, that happened there. Stanley Cup wins, stuff like that, big goals. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of pregame or whatever the other day, and yeah, like it was just like a nonstop montage of yeah. of big moments at the Joe. And these are regular and, season games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're doing it, they're it, putting on a huge production because yeah. I can't wait to get up there and be part of it. And yeah, I I will miss the Joe. I but. That doesn't mean that I'm not excited for uh, the Little Caesars. I'm pumped for Little Caesars Arena. Or, or, yeah, Arena. Yeah. So they should call it. They should call called. it Little Caesars Palace. Boom. Yeah. I'm gonna name five, Tom. <laughs> name for you. There was there was a uh, there was a huge up the line. There was a huge to do with the name around the time that Gordy Howe passed away. Oh yeah, they uh, wanted it. They wanted it renamed the Gordy Howe Arena. Yeah, and like while I get that they can't do that because uh you know Little Caesars paid a lot of money. You know maybe they could have thought about calling it Gordy Howe Rink at Little Caesars whatever. Right. You know they they, they could have probably figured out oh, a way. They could probably still name the ice. Right, they that, can, and, you know, just have it referred they, to in two different ways. And, a lot of places do it. Yeah, and if they have a built-in practice facility, it'll be named after him. Oh, yeah. The streets are still going to be named after him and stuff like that. But it would have been cool. It would have been cool to incorporate his name in it somehow. But when you look around at other stadiums, how many other players' names are incorporated into the name right, of the stadium? Right. Very, but then very again, unfortunate that Gordy won't be around to open this stadium. Yeah, so. yeah, it really sucks. It really sucks. It'd be cool for him to see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pumped to go to Red Wings games when they open that thing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to another one this season. Yeah, we're we're all gonna say goodbye yeah. to the Joe. So, and we're gonna say goodbye to you guys right now. Uh, again, thanks to Mike Schroyer for coming on the show and talking to us. Thank you to our listeners. Make sure to check out our social media, Facebook and Twitter. We're doing another giveaway, and we'll have some stuff that uh, will go along with today's show posted later on. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you guys next week.